Welcome to Real Talk Christian Podcast, where we drink coffee and have real conversations on faith, culture, and society. This is Mark Hyde. And Chris Fuller. And tonight, we are doing a, a bit of a revisit for an episode. We've had different conversations around church, dealing with church hurt, but I want to ask the question tonight, when should I leave my church? That's a pretty big question, Fuller. That is a big question. So you ready to have this conversation? Let's Let's go. go. Hey, Fuller. What? Guess what? What? You know what time it is? What time is it? There's a magic. You know what time it is? You don't know this? You should know this. Oh, I know it now. It's, it's the football season! Woo! Dude, this is what they do for kickoff. That's right. This is the kickoff song. My kids. We are so getting canceled now. I am now. ready. My kids wake up to the song tomorrow morning, by we, the way. We are, this is a monetized, copyrighted song. No, we do not own yeah, the rights to this. Yeah, we just lost money. We just so lost money. We are not, we are which is not, funny because we don't make money anyways. We're, we're not monetizing this episode <laughs> just to throw it out there. There is no copyright. But bro, that is, yeah, anyway. dated recording tomorrow June, is finally June, Notre Dame. Notre it's Dame. finally time for some Notre Dame football. Wake up the echoes cheering her name. Send the volley cheer on high. Shake down the thunder from the sky. I didn't remember it. I, say, it. I'm like, I don't know the fight song. I just know that one. Although the odds be great but or bro, small. I got my shirt. You got your jersey. We got our hats on. We are ready Let's for some go. Notre it's Dame Irish time. Ball. So here we go. So here's some fun banjo for you. You might not give a stinking rip about this, but we do. So, um, <laughs> Notre Dame football. How, you're our listener. We don't care. We don't give a rip about <laughs> what you do, but... Bro, Notre Dame football. How are we gonna do this year, boss? How are we gonna do this year? I'm. I, I have a pretty gutsy call. You think we're gonna suck, or you just don't know? I, I don't know, bro. I don't know. I, I. I hope. I hope we do good. We've had a lot of losses, though. We've like had, personnel, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. we got some good. We, got, we dude, had some dude, really good recruits who then left, and you know, it's so it's been kind of. Hit or miss. I'm nervous, but I think we got potential to. I mean, okay, I my gut is telling me we're gonna go like ten and two. Ten and two, huh? Mm-hmm. You heard yeah, it. probably mark it. Mark it. I want to say it. eleven and one. Flag it. But I'm getting nervous with you know we got Clemson, we got USC, we got Ohio State, Navy. We for some reason almost always lose. But you know we 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 in well, we Ireland Navy. tomorrow. We play Navy tomorrow. Playing Navy. For the home opener. So that's going to really be the tall tale sign of your 10 and 2. Either we're going to go 0 and 1 or 1 and 0, right? Start. Absolutely. But dude, it's football season. <laughs> say it like it's like, I know, it's, oh, it's, it's either this or that. And it's like, yeah, absolutely. Those are the, those that's are the, the only, only two options. It ain't soccer. Those are the two outcomes. It ain't soccer. Man. You can't get a tie unless you're playing in Ireland. You can get a tie if you're playing football <laughs> oh, over Ireland. Man. I don't know. You know what I feel what? like? What? <laughs> That's what people are probably thinking. Like, Can you guys just like stop talking about football? So like, our house is excited. I know you guys. Oh, well, yeah. Jan- I don't know if Janelle really cares or not. She, she likes care? it. Uh, she likes football. I don't think she's as crazy of a fan as I am, but she likes it. She likes Notre Dame. She enjoys it. I mean, Tom Town, hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. But I am, I am rip roaring ready to go. My kids are ready to go. Let's just say, if I were a Michigan fan, she would still remain an Irish fan. That's fair. So she's not a fair weather fan. No, she's just from South Bend. Yeah. But so tomorrow, though, okay, so part of this was a 
Okay, so they have a tradition at Notre Dame every single year where they play Rudy at the Rudy, stadium. At Rudy, some point, I will go to the stadium Rudy. and watch Rudy in the stadium. But I haven't Dude. watched Rudy since I was like in probably high school, early what? college. Where's my what button here? What? I need my what. But tomorrow, here's my my game plan tomorrow. I'm going to wake up, going to feed little baby Lennox. I'm yep. going to go change the oil in yep. the car because yep. it, it really needs an oil change. Then I'm going to put on some Rudy while I feed Rudy. Lennox again. Rudy. And then by the time Rudy's done, it's going to be almost kickoff game time. time. So we'll be rip-roaring, ready to go. So, you know, we had an interesting conversation <laughs> last week with Joe Jarvis. Well, I mean, it was good. It was a good combo. It was very good. I felt but, old. But th- that's Ugh. what I was going to lean into right there is, is the fact that I finally. I felt so old, bro. After 218 or 219 episodes, I finally don't feel like I'm the only old guy on the show. You were like, man, bro. I got you by 10 years, boss. Wait. Like, not you, but like <laughs> yeah. Joe. It's like, wait, bro. Like, bro we were talking about that. I was like, man, you how were 10 years old? old when he was born. You're like, wow, Dang. I feel old. <laughs> and then Janiel's over in the back just laughing. I love how we're like, boomer, millennial, boomer, millennial, Gen Z. And he's all like, we're like, oh, so you really are Gen Z. He's like, well, I was very close to millennial. It's like, no. <laughs> it's like, no, bro, you can't you claim <laughs> I like how everybody always wants to claim the previous people than what they actually were born into. So before we get a lot of crap coming our way for the millennials, how terrible millennial generation is, I saw a stat from life. This is this is this is free for your information. <laughs> Fun fact: I saw Mark a stat Hyde. that right now the 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 most uh, the generation that attends the church that the generation that attends wait, church wait, wait. the most are, the generation that <laughs> attends church the most are millennials. Wow! Right now, All, so if you're a millennial. Good job. To Good you. job, guys. Good which job. I know there's a lot of millennials who listen to the show, too. But, you know, it is what it is. But I felt really, really old. Yeah. It was pretty funny, actually. I, I was thoroughly enjoying that <laughs> aspect of the episode. I was not. I was like, hmm, Mr. Boomer over here. Hmm, who are you? <laughs> it, 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 it sucked. It was awful. It was but, awful. but you know what, man? So for tonight's banter, for our well, conversation. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What do you do? Wait, hang on. What? What are we drinking tonight? So, before we were here get- last week. I'm still rocking that. So rocking some people were complaining about that. I talk about my Yeti too much. I'm going to talk about my Yeti again. So <laughs> what I did, because your boy woke up ready to hit somebody at 2.30 in the morning last Best week. Part and it was not waking up. <laughs> Are you going to tell them about your story? Which one? About the that you just tried Folgers again? Oh, like yes. Like you just drank Folgers so, again? Oh, do you want to talk about your Yeti or you want me to talk, talk about, about my Yeti. So, <laughs> so I made some decaf coffee, right? Because your boy woke up. Shut up. I says I... <laughs> It's because I, I woke up in a panic last week. So I'm going to mute you. So um, but you can't mute that. So I made some some of my decaf from the, the, the coffee shop. One of the coffee shops here in Oakhart yep, called yep, yep. Uh, the, yeah, the Electric Brew. Some good stuff. So I made this back at home. Yep. Put it in my Yeti around 550. It is 8 o'clock. It's quarter after 8. Yes, yeah, quarter after 8. And it's still nice and warm. Warm. Still nice. And this is my second cup. I I brought two, both of my mugs. They both had hot coffee in it. And this is mug number two. So I, I'm, I'm drinking my, my decaf. Again. I, on the other hand, was drinking the same Tacoa coffee I was drinking earlier, except for I drank it all when we were upstairs talking. You do before. that too much. <sighs> I know. I'm terrible. Dang it, Janiel. Well, you guys got, you guys get talking. <laughs> you and Janiel get talking. I'm like, well, I Not guess I'll just time. sit. Bro, we was up there for 10 minutes. And I drank my coffee in 10 minutes. If you look on the show, I'm usually out of coffee within the first 10 minutes. By the time we're done with the banter, I'm like done with my coffee. That's actually true. That's actually very true. I'm a quick coffee drinker. I will say, though, that's... Which is why I don't need a Yeti. Yeah, I drink it too slow. Because it's got to be gone before it's even worth the money. I drink it too slow. But I have been drinking the uh, the Phoenix coffee that we got sent to us by listeners. I have not tried it yet. You haven't tried it? I haven't even tried it yet. Well, I've been drinking the Mexican. 
I haven't even grinded it's, it yet. It's good. It's. I wish I could see. Uh, I need to go back and look at what the notes are because there's a there's something in that Mexican roast where it just makes you go, huh? Hmm. What is that? Hmm. Like not in a bad way, but just in a what is that? Sure. What is that vibe? And I don't know if it's more. I, I think it's fruitier than what I was expecting it to be. It had more fruit mm. vibes. Gotcha. So I don't know. So we'll have to go back and look at it. All depends on when it, where it was grown. That's true. But yeah, my my Folger story. Yeah, so it's the, about the Folger story. <laughs> and then we'll just do one banter question. Okay. Maybe two so, or three. So Or Autumn. The other day I'm at work. Be a patron. I'll read your question on and, the air. Wait, what? And I had a... We don't have a patron. Anyways. That's the joke. I, I was at work the other day and I was... I had drank my coffee and I was dragging that morning. I'd stayed up too late the night previous and got, you know, I wake up really early in the morning, three 30 in the morning. And so I'm like, man, I really could use another cup of coffee. And the guys are like, Hey, we just made a cup of coffee. I said, is it Folgers? And they go, yeah, (laughs) is it Folgers? I said, okay, I'll drink some Folgers. Cause you know, sometimes you just gotta, you gotta taste the bad to remember the good. You you gotta remember where you came from. (laughs) Can't remember them roots. And so I took one drink of it. I'm like, woo. I said, man, that's some that's some Texas tea right there. Some black oil, black gold right there. I mean, did they make it thick? Oh, it was. And I'm saying like Texas, tea, Texas tea, black gold, not because it was tasty, but because it tasted like motor oil. <laughs> that's what it tasted like. It was like, which means I would not even be able to get close to well, it. Well, and I, you know, drinking it black, I'm like, well, it's the best part Dang of waking up and getting hit in the face with the Folgers cup. <laughs> so here we go. <laughs> now, I mean, I would still take Folgers over Maxwell's house, though. I would take Folgers over Maxwell's house because that messes me up. I would take. If I have my way, none of it. Well, obviously. But in desperate times, call for desperate But measures. again, I will say Folgers Black Silk ain't, t- ain't too terrible. No, no, this is like straight up Folgers. And I will say, if you were like rocking that Dave Ramsey plan, you're like, we can't spend money on good coffee. Yeah, you can. Well, I mean, I saw, we, we're praying for you, boss. That's what we're doing. No, get you a skillet, a cast iron skillet, and a wooden spoon. Right, and pour some green beans in it, and just stir continuously. Because actually, like doing your own has got to be probably cheaper than buying just folders. Yeah, right? it's way cheaper than buying buying pre roasted co- way ch- half the cost. So if you're on the Dave Ramsey program, you better start roasting in your pan. So, so get a cast iron skillet, or or, or what? Did you do cast iron? Yeah, cast, steel, cast iron. Cast iron is the best way to do it. And, and slap some green beans with some oil. You just no no oil no 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 oil. No, oil. no oil. Okay, just straight in there and, and just, just continuously stir like low heat on on medium or medium to high heat. You don't want, but you got to keep stirring. It's like fifteen minutes. Your arms feel like they're going to fall off afterwards, but it still produces a decent cup of coffee. That's good to know. There you go. That's really good. So to when know. times get tough, buy the green beans from somewhere. It's you can cheaper to roast your own. That's actually just, a really interesting just, fact. Just to throw it out. All there. right. So for an interesting fact. I jumped into the Facebook group this afternoon. Is, like, that, is that an interesting fact? Because uh, it's not really no. a fact. You're always and I don't, there. I didn't jump into it because I was already there. I don't think I've ever seen a time where you're not in the Facebook group. You you live there. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. So if you're ever wanting to find out and talk to Mark, he's in the Facebook group. Absolutely. If so you haven't joined the Facebook group. I, well, but not always because there's a lot of posts that I see that I'm like, oh, I can't comment on that yet because I need to be on my computer or I'm on my phone. Or I'm like, oh, I got to think about that comment. And then I forget. That's where I'm at. I always like, oh, I want to respond to that, but I don't have time right now. And then I forget and then I can't find it. And then it's just like, it's lost. It's so. true. So, so, but the beautiful thing about the Facebook group is if we, I mean, it's not for, it's not a Q&A with Mark and Fuller. It's a community so it's been really dope to see a lot of you guys step up when there's big questions asked that you guys show up and do some big answers too so yeah thank you guys for making the group not suck so i asked the facebook group i said help us pick the banter topic for the episode record tonight what is something that they want to know about you and me 
right. Going back to our roots. What is people? What do the peoples want to know? And I'm going to read the first question because it's actually a brilliant question. All right, here this we go. This is from Matt. Matt, what, what are you about? What sound effect are you about? Matt, to? who? Mawanki. All right, go Mawaniki. ahead. Mawanki. Go ahead. It says, "What's your favorite Friday night meal after a long week?" That is a banging question. A Friday night meal. Well, we're always recording podcasts. I could tell you what the Fullers have every Friday night. Pizza. It's pizza night. Now, is that a staple that you had as a kid? Uh, that is a staple that Janelle had as a kid. I never really had any staples food-wise where, like, this night we are doing this for food. Salisbury steaks on Wednesdays for us. No, we never had that at, for me growing up. But for Janelle, she, had, she had the... The Friday night pizzas, and I'm like, you know what? That sounds like a cool tradition. We can do Friday night pizzas. So, like for Janelle and I, we do like the cauliflower pizzas, the healthy pizzas, and then we get to, you know the kids get the regular pizzas, and that's what we do. So, what Beth and I have been doing lately is we'll go get some like well, night does like go that night, but we always get some steaks. We always got some steaks in the fridge or the freezer, and on a random night after a long week, after the kids go to bed, I'll get to work. I'll get that mug on the grill. I mean, she'll she'll let it marinate throughout the day. You, you know, don't let your kids have none of that good stuff. Absolutely not. No, Mama and Daddy earned it. We earned this steak and this mashed potatoes. Okay, they didn't earn none. They earned that mac and cheese that they got that That's they left terrible. all over my floor. That so, is terrible. So, so when we make the steaks, we uh, you know I make some steaks. Okay, so last time. Uh, T bones were like twenty five percent off at, at Sam's Club. So yep, I got me, yep. I got a couple T bones. Oh. It was banging. It was so good. So we had the T-bones, and then I made some uh, potato wedges in the air fryer. Excellent. And then, uh, I don't remember what I made for, did I do green beans? Did I do, no, salad. I did salad that night because I didn't have a lot of veggies options. So, but a mean steak with something with potatoes and some sort of like green beans or corn or asparagus, something like that. That is what I want on a, after a long week. Now, meatloaf is a great middle of the week meal. <laughs> Which was supposed to happen this week, I and it, it never meat, happened. I thought it was meatloaf Monday. At one point, you said meatloaf, meatloaf Monday. Monday. Taco Tuesday. I was supposed to have meatloaf on Wednesday. That didn't happen. I was supposed to have meatloaf well that last night because Beth and I had a date night, and we went to Social Cantina and got some tacos. Uh, they have a they have a salsa flight, which is pretty banging. But we didn't do that. We did like a like a queso dip that was excellent. Um, and then we went to uh, Vanilla Bean Creamery for some ice cream yep, afterwards. Yep, yep, yep. But yep. I didn't have meatloaf last night. I didn't have meatloaf tonight. But I cooked. Uh, I cooked Beth and I burgers on my cast iron grill skillet and gave the kids like cereal and oatmeal and crap like that. So, um, and then tomorrow, maybe we'll have meatloaf. I don't know. You should have meatloaf tomorrow because it's game day. Absolutely. Like, Beth, I will take care of Lennox all day if I can have some meatloaf. But see, I got one burger left in the freezer. So, I uh, I mean, your boy might cook himself a burger for, for the game day. Nice. Am I allowed to say burger and beer? Because that's what's going to happen during game day. So... That's what's going to happen. No, you can't. But anyways, next question. <laughs> okay, so that was that was your Friday night. So before that, though, did you have a Friday night, like, like banging meal, or has it always been pizza? Pizza. Okay. Um, see, some of these are, like, some deep questions. We've well, fire off some one of more. Hurry up. Fire off one more. Okay. Um, oh, I, I'm nervous about this one. Our boy John Black said, My wife once told me that a friend is not a real friend unless they know each other's favorite cereal. Ooh. I don't know if we've ever had this conversation, have we? About our favorite cereals? I think we have, but... Is yours Lucky Charms? No. Dang it. Is yours Lucky Charms? Absolutely not. <laughs> the marshmallows are pretty banging, but absolutely not. No. All right. So I what, have a favorite cereal, what's though. Your, what's your favorite cereal? Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Really? Absolutely. That's your favorite. Absolutely. Now, Mini Wheats is also... 
Mini wheat slaps. Like mini wheats was my go-to nighttime meal every night for like about a, a solid two, three years, something like that. So mini wheats is still all time like amazing. But my favorite cereal, some cinnamon toast crunch, baby. Because when I was a kid, I was lactose intolerant and then milk, and I would eat that just as a snack because it was good. Can I just say I, I'm down with the cinnamon, cinnamon toast, toast crunch. crunch, boss? But you start talking about the the mini wheats, and you just sounded like a boomer. Man, I gotta get me some brand. I, I gotta get some fiber. Yeah, but I didn't do no I mini wheats. But it's not like I'm eating, you know, wheaties. I'm eating mini wheats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mini wheats. Yeah, but no, me some mini wheats. Your, your boy's I favorite. I also love life and honey Cheerios. Your, your boy's favorite cereal is uh, Fruity Pebbles. Oh, I knew that. The, you, you told me the that problem is you told me is that, that when I buy a box of Fruity Pebbles, the kids eat it all. No, I eat the entire box <laughs> in the setting. That's okay, the problem. But, but were you one of those guys that had to be limited on how many bowls of cereal you could eat as a kid? I was never that, but I had friends who were. Oh yeah. Yeah, you were limited by how many bowls you could bowl eat because I would eat the entire box. So, so if I just show up and like, hey boss, I know you've had a rough week, boo boo. Here's <laughs> hey a there, boo boo. Hey there, boo boo. Here's a bag of fruity pebbles. Here's a box of fruity now, pebbles. Does it have to be name brand fruity pebbles, no. or could it be like it could be off brand? As, uh, as long fruit, as it could be, so it could be like fruity rocks. Heck yeah, it doesn't it could, even be fruity pebbles. It could be fruity rocks, dude. The fruity the the better. That's all that matters to this boy. I have so many comments for that one. Hi. <laughs> but but so cinnamon toast crunch though but but cinnamon toast crunch i will say name brand beats off brand any day for cinnamon toast crunch though see because the other if like it's cinnamon toast crunch it actually like hurts your mouth because it's so hard really yeah i don't think so but hey, but reesey paws i'll take reesey paws you're sensitive so we understand you. that's true but now you guys know what well, our favorites do so since according to john if now you're all our friends because you know that he loves fruity pebbles and i love cinnamon toast crunch sure there you go. All right. That's a fun banter. So that was some real fun banter. Let's let's jump into the review. You got a review for us? I do. I have another one for Facebook. I've been leaning into Facebook reviews. You're gonna have to carry your bro tonight. Because you forgot to get reviews? No, because I didn't have time to get reviews. <laughs> There's a big difference. That's true. I mean, I think we said this on the last episode that aired last week. You literally walked in your house, walked in your room to change out your work clothes and walk downstairs and That's we got it. started. That's all it's been. I got a hug though. Janiel got a kiss. I didn't get a kiss. I just got a hug. But so this is a review. I mean, we're, we're a Christian podcast, so. That's true. <laughs> and maybe we read this one too. I don't know. But this is from April 20th from David Caps, And it says, I enjoy these podcasts so much. It's like I'm right there cutting up and learning with you guys. I look forward to every new episode. You guys, parentheses, as well as the Holy Spirit, fill my truck cab, parentheses, semi-truck, as I'm listening to the episodes I've missed before discovering you guys. Cool. And that's the wild thing, man. My voice is cracked like a little junior high boy. So we have such a vast library. We've had people inside the Facebook group ask different questions. Hey, have you guys had episodes on these different topics? And the answer is probably, probably. yes, yep. or at least in some way, shape, or form. So if you ever are curious about episodes that we have done, and maybe you're like, maybe... Maybe they have done it. I don't know. Hit the website, Real Talk Question Podcast, Real Talk With Them Podcast. Real Talk, hit it. Real Talk Christian Podcast.com. Hit the search icon. You can search for whatever you want. <laughs> Love it. Ready to jump in? Let's go, Add it bro. To the show notes. We hit 20 minutes. The banter ends at 20 minutes. Add to the show no, notes. It's so, at 1940. Whatever, 1940. So, this conversation, I was thinking about this, right? So, Inside the Facebook group, a lot of you guys have been saying you want us to revisit episodes and get some of our maybe changes of thoughts, different changes of pace. And, you know, I was thinking, I was going through all the old episodes. We've done episodes on denominations and how to choose the right one and if, if you should leave one or not. We've done episodes on church hurt and how do you handle church hurt, whether it be your own church or leadership or those under you. And I was even talking with Beth about this topic. And she goes, 
you guys have talked about when it's okay to leave a church and when not in various different episodes. And I said, yes, but we've never done a full episode on when is the right time that you should leave your church. And is it ever a right time to leave their church? And are there mm-hmm. bad reasons to leave their church? Or is it really not a bad reason? You can kind of just, you do you and then figure out what you're supposed to do. So I'm like, you know what? Let's kind of step back into the old shoes again, where we have a conversation where there's a lot of questions. We have some scripture to back up the support of here's how it should look like. But a lot of the other conversation is us just wrestling through the issues and questions. So I have a setup and then I got a butt ton of questions for us to talk about. I'm scared. But that sound good? It. Yeah. Wait, wait. Okay, go how, ahead. How long is your setup going to be? Probably 20 minutes. All right. Wake me up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wake me up when September ends. Band. Uh, Green Day. Green Day. It? Nice. All right. So, dang. Banter technically ends at the 21 minute mark. Sorry. So, the first question I had to talk about when should I leave my church? We first have to ask the question of okay, so what is the church? Which we which, talked about a couple weeks ago, too. Yeah. So, what is the church? Simply put, the church is the ecclesia, which is Greek for. The called out ones, like we're called out from the crowd into something different. We're the, the church is the ones who follow Jesus, the ones who God has called, those who are, according to Acts 2.42, focusing on the apostles' teachings of Jesus, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayers. So when we see the church, we see a lot of how the church should act in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. We see the formation of the church. We see the spread of the church. But when it comes down to just what is the church, we see the church is simply the called out ones, the gathering ones. The holy ones. Exactly. Set apart. And then we also see, though, that there are different roles inside of the church, which we talked about deacons and elders and the mm-hmm, fact mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. these are actual roles that God has set up to kind of make sure the church is doing what it's supposed to be doing. The mm-hmm. elders protect the doctrine and they handle a lot of the teaching. You see the deacons who are serving one another. The apostle Paul says we're supposed to do everything in decency and in, in, in order, whether you're prophesying or singing or this, that, or the other. Right. We need to have some structure to a physical gathering. And a lot of the old ancient um, church gathering type vibe, I do want to make this, this statement. People talk about the mass as the original church service. It's always been this way. I don't, I don't fall. No. I don't, I don't agree with that one, but you know, a lot of old Testament temple worship had the ideas of we're singing praises to God. Mm-hmm. There's some sort of worship act that's being done, but in the new Testament church, there's a lot more teaching that, that comes out of it inside of the actual worship service. So when you're looking at the church, there are some biblical precedents of when it's actually technically on the the bad side. We looked at what the good side of what the church is. Mm-hmm. If it's not really acting like the church, you probably should not be attending that church, right? Like, Fair so, yeah. so there are Fair some statement. biblical reasons why you should not be a part of these different groups that call themselves churches, right? Or different reasons. If you are part of a church and you find yourself in, you're like, Oh, they don't really cults do that. No, not, not even cults. Smiley happy people. Well, that's true too. <laughs> but I mean, like you're, you're a part of a church and you know, based on this conversation, we're going to look at biblical reasons why it's actually okay to leave a church. You're a part of okay. that scripturally you for, I don't want to say you have God's blessing to leave, but it's probably a wise choice to leave the church. All right. So okay. I think I have three, yeah, three reasons why biblically, biblically speaking, it's actually okay to leave a church. Okay. All right. So number one, the death, burial, and resurrection are not being talked about and preached from the pulpit. If you're a part of a church and they ain't talking about Jesus' death and resurrection and the fact that he's coming back again, you got no be- business being at that church. Okay. You know, I hear a lot of ch- times people talk about in churches where they're like, yeah, you know, they never really talk about the gospel, which I always go, what do you mean? Because a lot of people have different definitions on 
like, okay, are you saying it's like an altar call? Are you talking about Jesus at all? But like, there's a lot of churches that have more, I would say, motivational mm-hmm. type mm-hmm. talks. Um, um, I would say Christian motivational speeches or mm-hmm. pickup seminars and talks and things like that, where it's like, right. you just keep doing what you got to do and God loves you. And that's kind of where, where it ends. If Joel's a church speak. is not, well, that's actually one person I was thinking of. Um, <laughs> But if the church is not actively talking about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, right. and it's not preached from the pulpit, mm. what the heck are you guys doing? Because that's what the church actually is. It's the right. called out ones who followed Jesus, and they devoted themselves to 100%. studying the apostles' teaching of 100%. Jesus. And so then the question becomes, okay, so what is the gospel then? You're part of a church, and you're like, okay, I don't know if my church talks about the gospel. Well, what is the gospel? Mark, I got, Mark what does the Bible say about the gospel? I got two big passages for right, it, man. I got it. one from Colossians 1, and I got one from Ephesians 2. I got a lot of Bible with me today. So Let's hear it. Here we go. So Colossians 1, 9 through 23. Buckle up, folks. A buckle up, buttercup. That last was, week. That was last week. Yeah. There you go. All right. So, uh, for this reason also, since the day we heard this, we have not stopped praying for you. We are my 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 print. Yeah, yeah, you forgot um, to enlarge I have to make it bigger. Um, we are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, so that way you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that way you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. In him, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. Here we go. Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for everything was created by him in heaven and earth, the invisible and visible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, so that way he might have the he might come to have the first place in everything. For God was pleased in all uh, God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether that be on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Here we go. Once you were alienated and hostile in your minds as expressed in your evil action, but now he has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you holy, faultless, and blameless before him. If indeed you remain grounded and steadfast in the faith and are not shifted away from the hope that the gospel of you were heard. That can be a fun conversation. What does that mean? That all this is true if you have not. That, that mm. could be a fun question. The gospel, here it is. The gospel, the good news has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven. And I, Paul, have become a servant of it. So if you're asking, okay, Mark Fuller, so what is the gospel? You're newer to the faith. You're figuring this out. It's simply that, that Jesus was the firstborn of everything. Not like firstborn, like he, I mean, we he wasn't know created. he wasn't created. And how do we know he wasn't created? John 1, 1. Well, not only that, but it, verse 16 here says, for everything was created by him in heaven and on earth and visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities, and all things have been created through him and for him. So isn't that pretty cool? Because if, if everything was created by him, wait a second, let's go back to Genesis 1-1. This is what Paul's referring back to, right? In the beginning, Paul, God Paul is, is trying to show the people of his day and tie back in Genesis 1 with what he is saying Christ has fulfilled. Everything was created by him, through him, for him. 
man, that's cool. So that right there in my mind destroys oneness Pentecostalism right yeah. there. Right and there. Now I will say a lot of Mormons and LDS and Jehovah Witness will use it to say that, okay, well, see, Jesus was the firstborn of all creation. It's not the simple fact of that he was always with God, was God in the beginning. But then everything he is God. It wouldn't be everything was created by him. It would be right. But well, what they say is they created, made Jesus, and then through Jesus, everything was but created. But that's not everything, then. Right. That's 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 true. But they will use it to say, no. See, he there was a time when Jesus was not. Which I know. I actually I should. I got the coffee burst real bad. My goodness. But when when was everything else created? I got water. Hold in on. the beginning, right? God created the heavens and the earth. Right. Well, everything was created by him in heaven and on earth. But Again, there's a heresy. Paul's referring, there's a heresy, yes. which, which I was hoping to do a heresy episode tonight. And man, I just wasn't ready. Like I, I'm still it, doing a lot of reading. A, it's such a, uh, a heavy and thick conversation. Like, I was reading a lot of reading last night. I'm like, I, I'm not ready yet. It can be about like a two part episode, at least yep, on heresy. Yep, so, yep, yep. Uh, but one of the heresies, I don't remember if it was Marcian or if it was another one where they say there once was a time when Jesus was not. And the reason why the early church said, nah, that's, that's crap. That's well, not true. Early Gnosticism believed that as well, mm-hmm. that he was created. And I, honestly, it was supposed to be, well, I won't get into Gnosticism. I saw, I heard a cool history of early Gnosticism. So, so, other, so save way. that for the heresy episode. That's yeah, going to be yeah, dope. Yeah. We'll save that. All one right. But, uh, but a lot of times Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses will say, see, there was a time when Jesus was not, and he had to be born. But when you look at this specific passage, looking over everything, he's the firstborn in terms of the rights of a firstborn. Cause like you even see in the old Testament time of a firstborn it wasn't always just the firstborn, but it meant that they had the biggest inheritance in the fulfillment of the promises found in that person. Well, and that's it, it's Paul saying that really Christ, he's establishing Christ's kingship. Yes. His, his heir to the throne. That's why we, we can't read this. It, it's, it's language that Paul is using as analogy to help the people understand who God is and how God is the creator and owner of all things and how God in himself has placed this in his uh, other self, his son. Right. It's saying this is, this is his inheritance. His inheritance is everything. It's tying it all into together is what it's doing. Yeah. But so when we ask the question of what is the gospel is the simple fact of Jesus, God created everything. Mm -hmm. And then God, Jesus, Jesus came to earth you know, pay the sacrifice for our sins, reconciled us back to the Father so that way we can have, you know, newness of life and walk in Him. That's what Colossians is trying to communicate. And I love how it says it in verse 21. It says, once you are alienated, there we go, alienated and hostile in your minds as expressed in your evil actions, right? So in our minds and in our hearts, that's what we do. Typically, you know, we say, hey, if you fill your heart and your mind with good things, good things come out. You know, what, what yeah. you put in your, your mind your flows out of your mouth. We say that all the time. So I was saying that that we were once evil and hostile and it expressed in evil actions. But now in verse 22, but now he, he, Christ, has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you. To, so he's he died. He reconciled us. Yep. And through now, his body. And now he's presenting us. We're not presenting ourselves, but he's presenting us holy, faultless, blameless before him. Right there takes works out of it right there. It's all grace. It's through grace. You can't earn holiness because he's presenting you as holy and faultless and blameless before him, right? It's Christ that is doing this. So that's such a cool and freeing thought to have, right? It's, it's cool to be like, look, I'm a screw up and Christ saved me 
and presents me holy and blameless to, to the Father. That's just, to me, it's And then what happens? Thing. Go back up to verse 10. So that you may walk worthy of the Lord, pleasing him, right. bearing fruit in every good yes. work, and growing in the knowledge of God, which is what we're trying to do here on the podcast, is grow your knowledge of God. We're too. trying to, trying to. So when we look at the gospel from, uh, the gospel according to Paul in Colossians, it's simply the fact that we were alienated, Christ redeemed us back through his body and presented us as holy before a holy God, right? right? But so if we look in Ephesians 2, it goes even farther into that where it says, you were freaking dead in your trespasses. And it doesn't, say, it didn't say freaking. That's the Markite translation. But you are dead in your... Now that wasn't a drunk moment. That was just Mark High translation. So, and we were dead in your trespasses and sin, in which you previously walked according to the way of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshy desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and we were called by nature children under wrath, as the others were also. But God who is rich in his mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive in Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses, you are saved by grace. He also raised him up, Jesus, he raised him up with him. Seated, no, it says he uh, raised us, raised up, us with up with Jesus. Sorry, he yeah. raised us up with Jesus and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Jesus Christ. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works so that way no one can boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared ahead of time for us to do. So I don't want to go too deep into this passage because we got to keep moving, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I do want to at least say, okay, so if a church is not teaching the fact of we were dead in our trespasses and sin, but because of Christ, he made us alive in him. He presents us holy to God. We are now, and I didn't bring this verse in here, but we are now adopted as his sons and his daughters, mm -hmm, co-heir mm -hmm. to the thrones. So that way we then can have be seated in heavenly places for you know all of eternity with God. But because of that, redeeming we now are supposed to go walk in him mm -hmm. the gospel isn't just supposed to stop at just trust jesus and ask him into your heart and go to heaven when you die that's not where it stops it stops of now so what well the gospel changes you exactly it, but again it's not by your trying it's mm -mm. because it's you're a new creation and that's just the way it is no i just think some people creation. stop so much at, okay and just follow jesus and just 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 trust jesus in your heart and they want to stop there but it's like but no now we're supposed to do these good works we're well, supposed to the, go the and, good and works, be the hands and feet of jesus now the good works know? and being the hands and feet of jesus are a result of the change that's happened within you exactly it's like the it's like baptism right baptism in itself does not save you good works does not save you it is the outpouring of the inward change, right? It's the proclamation of the inward decision for baptism. It's the outpouring of the inward work which Christ has done in you and regenerated you and made you a new creation that comes out in the form of good works. Oh, we definitely agree with that, right. 100%. So if your church does not preach the death, burial, resurrection, and what that means for us standing before a holy God, actively from the pulpit or in ministries, you probably should bounce. That's probably a good reason to leave the church. Yeah, I would say if they're not preaching that, I, I would agree with you that, that are they really a Christ following church? <laughs> if they're not preaching that exactly. at least at some level. But there's a lot of churches that don't. Right, right. Like there's churches out there now that are doing like the sparkle creeds <sighs> and they're doing the fact Don't get of me started on God the sparkle just loves creeds. you. You see, accept who you are already in him. That's that's a bunch of baloney too. He, she, they, then. No, you were dead. <laughs> yeah. You're dead. Yeah. You dead. Dead man can't sparkle. <laughs> All right, that, that's the quote from the podcast. Dead man can't sparkle. I don't even have a laugh. I need a laughing thing on here to start laughing. Dead man can't sparkle. All right, that's so good. another one is here. Here's another one that 
I mean, biblically, we can we can flesh this out mm-hmm. a little bit. I don't have a lot of passages for this one because it would it would take all night. But the the thought is is your the primary doctrines don't line up with what you read in the scriptures, mm-hmm. right? Specifically about the Bible. Mm-hmm. If you're at a church and they basically say, "No, the Bible is a bunch of lies. It was written by only man. There's so many errors inside of it. It's it's not the God's living word." Is that a reason to leave a church? Fifteen hundred years written it took to write the bible 40 authors and it's one cohesive story no i do Show like me this somebody right? else. so i got all this from elmer towns sure. which is a he i think he just passed away i think he just passed away mm-hmm. if not he's super old um he was my professor one of my professors at liberty actually so if, if you ever get an elmer towns book or elmer towns commentary good stuff but mm-hmm. um so these are eight key doctrines that he says these are essentials for the church. Like these are eight keys that we got to have down pat. Okay. And if you disagree with them, we might have to have some conversations. All right. Sure. So number one is he said the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. I like how he said this, the Holy spirit guided human authors so that they wrote uh, so that what they wrote in scripture is accurate and without error. Ultimately the real value of the Bible is realized in our lives as we apply the scriptures to life. So rather than saying, we're going to figure out what we're, we're, we're going to tell it what it's trying to tell us. Instead, we say, no, what is the Bible trying to tell us? I said Jesus versus exegesis. Right. You're try, not trying to read into the text. You're trying to say, okay, what is what is the God already trying to say? How do I apply my life to that? Right. To, to what's going on. Mm-hmm. Another one is just God in general. All right. Our view of God will impact the way we live. God is defined as spirit, person, life, self-existent, unchanging, unlimited by time and space, and a unity. God consistently works out his eternal plan by guiding and overseeing all things by his wise and holy purposes. Mm -hmm. Another one, Jesus. Jesus was in fact, God incarnate in human form. He is the second person of the Trinity who came to live among us, die for us and resurrect that someday we might be able to live with him for forever. We already Mm -hmm. talked about that one. Mm -hmm. Another one is the Holy spirit. The Holy spirit is not merely a force, but has all the attributes of personality and is also God as the third person of the Trinity. God's Holy spirit's work brings us to Christ and salvation, equips us for ministry empowers us for services and produces spiritual fruit in our life. To better understand, well, it says to better understand the Trinity, read this related article that he wrote. Right. But so, so far, as essential doctrines, Elmer Towns says that the Bible, Bible is accurate and without error. Now, you, you do have to make sure we understand what the book is trying to understand, what the Bible is trying to say in mm-hmm. certain passages. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, the books of poetry aren't like gospel or. Yeah, I'm trying to think yes, of that's what Yes, there's different genres of like there's books of, of history yes. which are trying to tell historical things that are going on. Right. Like there's books that are more narrative, there are books that are more like wisdom and poetic books, mm-hmm. like Song of Solomon. Mm-hmm. And so you have to understand what the different literatures are inside the Bible. But the fact yeah. that it's it's has been known for so many years that it is the word of God mm-hmm. and it's living mm-hmm. and active and sharper than into any sword. Then we see the Trinity, right? The Trinity is a core essential doctrine of the Christian church. Another one is just people. People are unique human beings. Contrary to evolutionary views of origins, the biblical view of people identify them as unique from animals created in the image and likeness of God. People have both a physical and a metaphysical aspect, a body and soul or spirit. Because of our ancestral parents' failure to obey God, sin was introduced into the human experience, causing the need for reconciliation to God, our creator. Mm. I wish you leaned into this a little bit more, the fact of, you know, People are made in God's image. That's really what it's coming down to, mm-hmm, is the mm-hmm. fact of people were made in God's image. We didn't come from apes. Right. You know, 
humans have equal dignity, value, and worth. Mm-hmm. Like we're we're all trying to not say one's better than the other. It's the fact of no, no, people are people and God loves people. Mm-hmm. Another one is just salvation. The single most significant experience in life is that involved in receive uh, in life is that in receiving the salvation provided by Christ on the cross. The experience involves conversion regeneration, justification, and sanctification, and grants us eternal life. Another one is the church. Jesus instituted the church as a means of Christians assembling together to encourage and help one another in the Christian life and enable them to be more effective in reaching out to others. In summary, the ecclesia, which again is Greek for the called out ones, established for worship, instruction, fellowship, and evangelism. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing is just eschatology, the end times. Uh, He wrote a really weird sentence there. So Mm -hmm. basically what is the fact of Jesus is going to come again? That's really what it comes down to is Jesus will return. So when you look at the main key essential doctrines of the church of what we need to follow is the fact of what the Bible is, who God is and how God works, who, who people are, how salvation works. What's the church then coming out of salvation and then what's going to happen at the end of all days. What are we looking forward to? And so, you know, some people might have the question of, okay, so if your primary doctrines don't line up with the church, but it's still a decent church, are these the only things that are considered primary doctrines or other doctrines, primary or tertiary or secondary? But I do believe that if there's a primary doctrine that you believe based on reading scripture and your church doesn't teach that, you probably shouldn't be at that church. Well, yeah. And I mean, we've talked about there being core doctrinal values, right? There, mm-hmm. There's there's core things and, and you listed pretty much most of them right now. Just, I mean, just I didn't some. want to list all like, you know, yeah, no, but there's, there, there's, yeah, there's there, right. Exactly. I mean, we, we would say, well, go read Wayne Grudem's systematic theology, Lord Erickson. Erickson, which I have Christian theology up there. Even uh, there, there's um, biblical doctrine, a uh, book written by John MacArthur. It's got a very good array of of biblical context and good good theology in there. I don't agree with everything, but there's got a, a good wide range of theology, but I don't agree with everything Wayne grew to me either. And it's probably me being wrong because, you know, your boy's just a guy yeah. in the basement. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I would say biblical doctrine, uh, there's a basic biblical doctrine that, that we as the church, the easiest way, we, we like creeds, right? Absolutely. That is like... You want to get back down to the brass tacks of things, right? Go look at the Apostles' Creed, right? But this is hard, though, because, you know, lean into that. There's a church in our community where if you go to their about page, they say everything that you need to know about us as church, we keep the main thing, the main thing, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed. They list both of those. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the practical theology of things, they don't believe in the inerrancy of Scripture. They don't believe in the sanctity of marriage. They believe they're, they're totally okay with LGBTQ conversations inside the church. Um, they have a lot more of a social justice of the fact of salvation, yes, is found in Jesus, but mm-hmm. we're supposed to go out and just make the word a be- world a better place because we're mm-hmm. called to just make, because this is all almost like a weird like Mother Nature vibe where it's like we're all on God's green earth, which, again, I agree, we're all on God's green earth, so we want to take care of, be good stewards of what we have, but just loving the community and saying, you know, you know, yes, we do want to say because it's truth, God loves you. Mm-hmm. But if you just constantly say, you just have to discover the truth inside yourself, and, and inside yourself, you'll find God. That's the type of crap they teach. Enlightenment. Like they teach deconstructional theology from the pulpit. Right. Yeah. No. And so and it's like, okay, is that a good reason to leave the church? Because they say they believe that, in the Nicene Creed and right? the Apostles' but Creed, which about, they do. Their about page doesn't match the doctrine they're preaching from the pulpit. The, the, well, I know everything else on their website, true, but they, they agree with the Apostle Creed, which 
the Apostle Creed is such the basics of Christianity. It doesn't go into the, the nuances basic, of all the it's theology. It's the basic doctrine of the... No, but it's a starting place, right? right. And, and just like all these eight points that you just read, right? These are all starting points. Show me in there where it says sanct- uh, sanctity of marriage. It doesn't it say doesn't. that. And that's what I'm saying. So the, you're, we're talking basic core doctrines, right? These are the basic core doctrines. Then I think it plays into personal convictions from your personal walk. Okay, with now Christ, let's jump right? in because I had that on my nose later. But let's just let's screw it, man. Let's jump into it right now. Let's do it. So uh, you, you know, there, there's personal convictions as we read the scripture. The Holy Spirit leads us and guides us as we read. Right? That's mm-hmm. what the scripture is for. It's profitable for profitable for for correction, for reproof, for teaching, all these things for for in, encouragement. Uh, and the Holy Spirit has a part to play in that, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I wouldn't say, okay, well, you're, you know, fine. You know, here's the here's the, the the danger in just saying, oh, it's just the Holy Spirit, and He can lead me. And he's the only one that can teach me. Is that then you become isolated from the church? Okay, yeah. So it's more of a fear or a or a pride thing. You know, it could be fear of I, I don't want to be misled by anybody else. So I'm just going to rely on the Holy Spirit to teach me and lead me and guide me. And not, that means I don't have to get with the ecclesia or it could go. I Which have- I will say that on that thought, you know, I was reading through a lot of the theology of the beginning of the, the, the like around the time of the American revolution mm-hmm. and around that time, there was a, that's how a lot of different weird theological groups were founded. But the fact of screw everything, like they literally say, who cares about everything we ever learned and knew the church is corrupt. I'm just going to follow God's Holy Spirit leading over here. And they wound up in some wild places. So there's, there's that extreme. And then there's also the extreme where the pride kicks in of, um, well, that church, they're just so messed up in their theology. They don't know what's right. I know what's better. And mm, so and then, so, the, okay. so there's two spectrums that you could end up in. Yep. And this is why I think it's important to realize each and every day, yes, you and I talk about, I mean, this most of this podcast is this, is that we have biblical doctrinal theology that we believe, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's different. Well, both ways can't be right. So either one of us is wrong and one of us is right, or we're both wrong. Or we're, I mean, you know, so, so what I'm saying is, is that the biblical core doctrine, these, these eight things, and I, I really liked how that, that, uh, Elmer town laid them out that I thought that was really good to bring in of these core doctrinal things, but then, you know, eschatology, he, ends, uh, he put in at the end and I like what you did with it. It's like, it's just looking forward to the second coming, you know, eschatology is the study of the end times. And so there's so many different views of eschatology mm-hmm. and people will say, well, that's core doctrine. That's co-. It's not, <laughs> that's not core doctrine because nobody could say for a definitive fact that this is going to happen. And this is when Christ is going to return. And it, we just, just know Jesus is coming. We back. just know he's coming. Back. That's what we can all agree on. Like, that's what we're talking about when I, I think, and, and I think you'd agree when we're talking about core biblical doctrine, that's what we're talking about. And that's about personal conviction, right? Now we're getting into something a little bit deeper, right? Right. And so, like, personal conviction. Yeah, uh, so, so what would you say are some of yours? Personal conviction? Yeah. Uh, I would say uh, I, I I have a view of um, how we treat our bodies that is different than other people uh, as far as uh, tattoos, drinking alcohol. I have a different view than a lot of other people do. Okay. Um I would say um, predestination versus free will. Uh, I think people, when they hear predestination, they're quick to label somebody as a Calvinist. Um, I had a great conversation with someone about and, that today. And Man, I, I would, great I would disagree that just because you believe in predestination, that automatically makes you a Calvinist. I, I don't think that is unnecessarily true. Um, 
Calvin did have a lot of good teaching outside of that, but he gets blamed for, oh, that's a, the, the hyper-Calvinist of giving Calvin a bad name because Calvin had a, real, a, a lot of good teaching. If you just think about how many people sat under Calvin, right? How many people sat and came and learned the Geneva Bible, right? The Geneva Bible came out of Calvin, right? Calvin was teaching that he helped put the Geneva Bible together. Did he? With other with John Knox and everybody. Oh yeah, it's all, dude, bro. Oh, I, I, you've been, I've been, you've been I've, soaking it up. I've been soaking up that uh, Men Who Rock the World podcast, and so I just listened to a whole couple episodes on it. So there's a lot of people that sat at the feet of John Calvin. And like we've talked about, the, the predestination talk where, where things have gotten twisted, I think, from what he was really trying to say and his true message, what he was trying to say, uh, has given Calvin a bad name. And so people go, predestination Calvinist, you're, I'm, I'm writing you off. And it's like, okay. So I got right. some personal convictions because, on I mean, that. Because, you know, whether or not you, you, you believe in predestination or not, we're still called to go out and evangelize. We're still called to go out and share our faith. We're still sure. called to go out and preach the gospel to every creature. How sure. can they hear without a preacher? Blessed are the feet right. of those who share good news. So, I mean, in, in the sermon that uh, this one person sent to me, we're talking a little bit today about it, is the fact of this, this pastor, he was the pastor over at Red Rocks Church, bang an awesome worship ministry. Um, great sermon series about the pendulum, how we like to pick either this or this, but yep. it's the truth somewhere kind of in the messy middle. Right. And he was saying, you know, the best way to do it, and Spurgeon was kind of leading into this a little bit too, is, is this was one of the takeaways, is go to bed like you're a Calvinist, knowing that God's got it under control and sovereign and this, that, and the other, but wake up like an Arminian where the fact of, no, you got to call and, and call other people to follow Jesus too. I'm like, okay, I get what you're trying to communicate in that through the sermon, um, and the person even said, is that an okay thing to say? But I think the the bigger reality is the fact of like that verse in Proverbs where it says, you know, the horse is ready for battle, mm -hmm. but victory is of the Lord. Like you still got to be ready to show up. You still got to do the prep work. You still got to do the things. And, you know, God works in our actions and through our actions. Sure. So, but it's one of those things where it's like, what side of the coin are you looking at? So, you know, not to dive too deep in the weeds, but here's the biggest, We're diving in. here's the biggest deep. misnomer about Calvin. This biggest people go. Well, I, mean, I don't like his magisterial stuff, and I learned the other day he burnt someone at the stake, so that's exciting. I did okay. Yeah, I'm like well, okay. See, we all got some problems. Sure. So I don't know anything about that. I'll have to look into that. But it's wild. Uh, my biggest thing is Calvin's life showed that he cared for people, and he was out teaching people and preaching scripture. So if he was truly a hyper Calvinist, and that's he would have been sitting on his butt. He wouldn't have done anything. He would have just sit, sat in his ivory tower, but that's not who Calvin was, which shows and proves to me that that's not what Calvin believed. So again, Calvinists saying, "Oh, go to like even what you said, go to bed as a Calvinist, thinking that God's got to take care of everything." And it's like, but that's not how Calvin lived. So and you that's, can't, that's how you I responded. I you said, can't cal call it Calvinism if that's not what Calvin taught. That's just a misnomer. That's like saying you're a Christian, but you're singing the Sparkle Creed. No, it's a misnomer. You're not a Christian. You, you are not a follower of Christ. You just aren't. You're not a follower of Calvin if you're saying you can just sit by and not and not do anything because God's got everything in his control. And ultimately, we don't want to put ourselves into the groups of like, oh, I'm a Calvin. It's like, no, I'm a, I'm a Christian. And yes, we have different beliefs and viewpoints and we like to put them in systematized fashion. But, you know, we we do have to see that what the Bible says of you're dead in your trespasses and mm -hmm, sin. Mm -hmm. But who is the ecclesia, the called out ones, the ones who are called out mm -hmm. by Jesus? But what, what does Jesus say? He say, come and follow me. And he gives that person a choice. And, you know, because love is found in the choice. So I'm not, I, I'm not, I, I'm not diving into the weeds of it today because okay, we, we have different personal. Yep. Can you ask me my, what my different no, it's true. personal convictions are? 
And, and I can't. Okay, so nobody, so, no, you have not been ever able to justify Romans nine to me. So that to me, <laughs> Romans nine and a, and a variety of other scriptures. Watch, watch NT Wright's sermon on it. Well, you know how I feel about NT Wright too. Still watch it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you make got notes. So you read the other side, boss. I, I've read the other side. So, but, but I, so bro, back bro, to you're, doctrine. You're talking to somebody who was an Armenian. What are you talking about? I came That's from true. the other side. That's true. I was converted. I. <laughs> I, I, I'll just put it this way. I don't see the tulip in scripture. I see that as a systematized approach to logical conclusions, uh, but it's not all in the scripture. I, one day, go. John Piper's got a good series on tulip. You should listen to it. As I know you listen to John Piper and you respect John Piper's opinion, mm-hmm. I think you should go listen to John Piper's and how he breaks down tulip. Oh, I mean, okay. I, I challenge you. I challenge you to go do that. Okay. Yeah. In my in all my free time, I will do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying no. that like sarcastically, no. but no. I will. No, that's the point. I P- will put it, put it on while you work. Listen in the background while you while you work. Sounds good. Jumping back into this. Jump back into cool. this one. So, but I'm when, trying not to dive that. I know. That I, 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 I can see your face, and you can see my face. I'm like, we want to do it mm-hmm. so bad. Mm-hmm. All right. So, going back to the primary doctrines that don't yeah. line up with what you read in scripture, yeah. right? So, there are some doctrines though that a lot of people have different questions on. And I have had a, a few people reach out to me about baptismal regeneration. They found that their church believes that baptism is a part of salvation. Mm-hmm. And if your church does believe that, is that being supposed to view your church as a her- like a bunch of heretics and it, that's heresy? Or is it just the fact of, oh, you're just incorrect, but I can't worship here anymore? Or if they have some views like that, is it okay to still stay in a church? Mm-hmm. I think that's where it starts to get hairy with baptism with communion is it more of you know going back to go back to the communion episode if, if you want to know more about it but like transubstantiation like the catholic view of it actually mm-hmm. becomes the body and blood of christ mm-hmm. um or the reform view where it's like you know it's in 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 with below and through all the elements is it just the memorial view where it doesn't mean it's just crackers and juices remember what jesus did um there's different views on on communion and how you're supposed to take communion. There's different views on what type of worship songs you can do. Like I know, for example, at my church, right? We sing a lot of songs that to be honest with you, I mean, there, there, there's some good songs, but I'm not a big fan of those who write those songs. Mm -hmm. So is that a good enough reason for me to leave the church? Or is that something I can be like, I don't agree with it, but I'm still going to love you. And I, I, that's not a good enough reason for me just to leave a church. Mm -hmm. And so I think when we get into these, primary and secondary doctrines. I want to ask you this question. I'm just going to jump ahead into the notes a little bit. How do we know what is a primary doctrine that is worthy to leave a church over versus a secondary one where it's like, okay, it's a big deal. So I can't worship here, but you're not a hair. You're not a heretic. It's just time for me to leave. Or what are doctrines where we can say, I don't agree with you on this, but that's okay. We're still going to worship here. Cause that's Mm -hmm. a big hairy question that I Mm -hmm. think a lot of people get tripped up on because mm-hmm. there's a lot of bad reasons to leave a church. And we've talked about some of those mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, you're just a church hopper, you know, you don't like the way the music is or, or different reasons. We're like, okay, is that really a good reason to leave a church is because, you know, you got your feelings hurt because you were told, no, you can't start a ministry. Mm-hmm. Like, is that a good enough reason? But I think people get confused on, okay, when like, like I don't know exactly what I believe about this, or I don't fully agree with that, but is that enough reason for me to leave the church? Hmm. That's when it gets hairy. I, 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 th- I have opinions. I mean, I'll give you my opinions. So I think first step is asking yourself, is this preference or is this doctrine? Okay. Um, and, and again, I, I lean back more into the eschatology, right? Is this preference or doctrine? Is eschatology, oh, okay. the study of end times, um, pre-trib or post-trib? Is that preference or doctrine? 
For me, that's preference. So that's that's. No, what, I don't want to say preference. I want to say it's a what through your study. What have you pri- have determined? What primary? I'm, I should say primary doctor. Oh no, it's not primary. So is it staff? Is it me, Scott, and Sochi all have different views on it? So, so well, me, Scott, and Sochi have different views but on right. it too. So, so uh, Scott and and. Soche are, are two of my pastors, by the way. <laughs> just like, for, for, for the new, yeah. For just, the newbies. For, so there's, yeah, we got a lot of new, new listeners, but that's who they are. But to, to me, those, that, those are, for me, it's a preference. It's not a, it's not a primary issue doctrinally. Okay. Right. Um, you know, I would say, me, I would say uh, women leading theology and, and doctrinal things in the church is wrong and that's a primary doctrine for in me a sunday school no from the pulpit that's oh, why i said sunday Le- morning? Leading, leading theology and doctrine from the pulpit okay i would view as wrong now if you ask rick warren that's a secondary issue for me that's a primary issue mm-hmm. right I, I see that that for me that that's a that's a big is that like so you would say like a woman should never be preaching for, I'm not, not not like in a weird patriarchal way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but a sunday morning worship service you would say that's called for the elders correct okay. that's that's what i would say that's what i see in now scripture. would you be okay with sunday school and women teaching sunday school that men are in uh if, even if it's like we're gonna go through what what pneumatology is we're gonna go through it what would, it would uh, i would say if it leads direction of church or theology of church or doctrine of church it's wrong if it if it doesn't do that it's right 100%. And we go through that with with uh, can women be pastors. I mean we went mm-hmm. through a whole episode on that and if you want to know more about my opinion on that and why I have that opinion I, I go over it pretty extensively there. But I bring that up because it's a uh, it's a primary issue for me but it's a secondary issue for like somebody like Rick Warren, right? Yeah. Okay. Church. Um you know, so I think you have to be you have to be where Here's here's one. Here's one. Okay. So there's a lot of talk right now around dispensationalism mm-hmm. versus covenant theology. And in case mm-hmm. you don't know, dispensational is there's seven dispensations and the way God, the mode of salvation was different in each one of those mm-hmm. time periods. Like one was, it was by obeying God and the sacrifices or mm-hmm. before that it was just doing good works and having faith like April. Well, there's different types of dispensationalism, but yes, right. That's the, that. That's, that's a really bad over. It's an <laughs> that's a really bad generalization. Yeah. And then covenant <clears throat> theology is the fact of no, there's, it's been one continual covenant. That's just been renewed different ways. And so you get saved the same way in the old Testament as, as the new yeah. Testament. Jesus is just lopped in the middle. Yeah. And again, there's a lot of, you know, so there's different views of, on that. And growing up, that. I was told that if you are not a dispensationalist, that's a bogus church. You should never go to a church because that is bad theology and they don't really follow Jesus. They don't really read their Bible. Like I was taught that growing up. Well, if, if, that, if they are not a dispensational church, they're not a real good church. They are not a solid Bible believing church. Yeah. So uh, again, I'm trying not to dive too deep into each individual topic because I can d- make episodes out of each. I know, but I think that's what people want to know, like these so, secondary issues. Right. But what, what I'm saying is, is I think we got to, we got to dig a little deeper into how to deal. Cause we go over, we could spend, I mean, we're almost at an hour right now. We could spend the next four or five hours talking about different doctrines that are, are they primary or like, secondary? Are they like primary baptism, or secondary? Baptism mode and method and age. I think like rather than going that far into it, into the weeds, I think we need to stay at the 30,000 foot view and go over how each individual can look and assess for themselves. Okay. I think that's the better thing rather than to, to give answers because really they just are our opinions on what we see Yep. rather than saying, all right, here's some things, here's some litmus tests, or here's some ways you can look at it for yourself in your 
particular situation. All right, so so how would you answer that then? So for you, your particular situation, how would you so, answer that question? So I would start with the, exactly what I was saying of, of, is this a primary doctrinal issue for, for me, or is this a secondary issue for me? Once that happens, if I believe it's a primary doctrinal issue, if it's a secondary issue, I... I can let it go, right? To okay. me, that's like preference, right? It's like, okay, do you want your toilet paper over or under? It's, it's a preference, <laughs> it's right? still some TP. The, the toilet paper is still the there. I can still do my thing that when I need to. Away. So I got real. <laughs> a lot of things get real on this podcast. Probably like, do you like uh, your coffee black? Like, yeah. do you like your coffee black or do you like it with cream? Sure. I, so, you I know? mean, it, you know, it's you like okay. filter water or city water. We have, we have opinions on that one. Well water. <laughs> city water. Um, <laughs> so if it's a, if it's a primary issue, and you're struggling with it, um, I know the first thing you want to do is be like, well, this is, this isn't right. And I'm just going to leave. But I would say, find your, find your leaderships, right? Yep. If it's, it's, if it's, okay. if it's primarily just one pastor led, if it's elder led and, and ask questions, why do you believe this? What, where is the scriptural backing? This is, I'm trying to figure this out and try to figure out why they believe what they believe rather than just putting in what you think they're trying to say because you may be totally missing why they are saying what they're saying and be taking it as they're saying something that maybe they're not saying or maybe they are saying that, right? But it gives that clarification. I don't think anybody should leave a... Again, we're called out ones when we're the ecclesia. We're supposed to be bonded together as a family. And so I, I struggle with just dropping the hat and leaving a church. I, me personally, I, I have troubles with that. I would rather be extensive and careful and, and seek God and his wisdom and, and, and do my due diligence before I, I break with a family. Mm-hmm. Um, that's me. Uh, it may be different for each individual person, but I'd do my homework. I'd ask questions and try to figure out why they believe what they believe and start that conversation, Right. And depending on how that conversation goes, sometimes you run into to leadership that is open to discussing maybe your views and why you believe and maybe trying to work through it together. And sometimes may, they may be like, well, this is the way it is. And if you don't like it, uh, I'm sorry, but I got other people and that I need to, to it shepherd. Is it, and is, it is yeah. what it is. And at that point, I feel like you have your answer that, okay, well, um, I can't, I don't see scripturally where they're at and everything should be biblically backed and, and and gone through with with thoughtful and meaningful prayer, I think. I don't think you enter any situation where you're thinking about leaving the church without being immersed in prayer, of saying, God, where do you want me? Not where do I want me, Mm -hmm. because that's when preferences start start getting in the way. But where do you want me? And I see this. Lord, if I'm wrong, help me see it. And then you start trying to see it, right? See the other side of that argument. Start, Start looking at what they're saying and and asking questions and say, well, what about this this is this is what i i read what do you what are your thoughts on this what are your thoughts on this what are your thoughts on this and try to see where it goes um maybe they'll be open to it maybe they're wrong so here's the problem right the church is filled with messy people Mm -hmm. the church is filled with people who no one is ever going to have everything right and we're all going to make mistakes and so you could tell whether a church is really good by its leadership and by how they respond to certain aspects, right? If they respond, and responding doesn't mean that they may agree with you, but the way they disagree uh, speaks volumes. If they if they do it in a nonchalant, like I say, well, too bad. It's just a, this is the way it is. To me, that speaks 
you really don't care. It's your opinion or what your take of the Bible is in the scripture, and there is no trying to help somebody see. Now, if another person says, well, here, yes, let me walk through this with you. You may still end up not agreeing, but I would say don't be too quick to judge that church or that leader in that church because at least they have the heart where they do care and they're, they're trying to do the right thing. So I think in different aspects and different ways you conversate with the people that are in leadership that you're trying to understand. Because here's my thing. Leadership, they give direction of the church. They teach the doctrine of, of whatever body you belong to. So that, to me, you don't go to Joe Schmo in your small group to talk about this at this level, when you're thinking about leading the church and there's doctrinal issues, primary doctrinal issues, that you need to go to the leadership because they're the ones that lead doctrinally the, the body. And so this is that's where that goes. Otherwise, if you're just going out and going, well, I'm thinking about leading the church because of this biblical doctrine that, that they don't follow up, and, and that's just the way it is, and I'm just leaving. Like, to me, that's gossip, and you're just throwing a, a, a frag grenade in and walking out the door, and that's not the right way to handle it. That's just, again, my opinion. From what I see, we're supposed to, if you have odd against your brother, go to him. Leave your gifts at the altar. We see all this language where we're supposed to try to work things out with each other, right? Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be that family, and it should be hard for us to walk away from family. It should be. If, if we have a healthy relationship with family, it should be hard. Right. It should never be easy. Now, if you're in a church, and I think it's pretty evident, if it is easy, <clears throat> you're probably not in a good family. <laughs> you're probably in a, in a church that you shouldn't be in, and maybe God is leading you out of that. So I, I think it's different aspects and different things can lead you into it. You know, first and foremost, you got to actually know what you believe, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think there's a lot of people who never get past the the entry level with their faith of mm-hmm. actually knowing what does the Bible say about all these different topics and issues. And hopefully people can't say that from here on the podcast because we're trying to have these conversations. Right. But, you know, there's a lot of times where there's so much room for disagreement inside of a inside of a family. I mean, heck, me and Beth have disagreements. You and sure. Jamil have disagreements sure. on our opinions and thoughts. And But are you leaving your marriage because you have a disagreement? No. <laughs> right. I would. But if there were such big dif- differences, Beth and I should have never gotten married. Like, right. you know what I mean? Right. And so it's, it's like that when you're like looking if, for your partner, right? If, if Beth wants to be in polygamy, there's a problem. Heck nah, bro. <laughs> There's a problem. So happened last time. Heck not, nah, bro. No. So you'll get that one. Go back. So that was so bad. I'm sorry, guys. But facts are facts. Call it a spade a spade. I'm gonna start calling you Cody Brown. Please don't. That dude. That dude can't keep nobody happy. Robin, it, did you watch the first episode? Heck yeah. I, I fell did. asleep in the first episode. I gotta I go back too. and watch it. I did too. <laughs> Take that, Janelle and Beth. I gotta go back and watch it. But but you know so. Wow, that was really funny. So sister wise is what we're talking about. That was really funny. Anyways, so, but like, but if if there were enough disagreements, and this is why dating and engagement period is important. Mm-hmm. If there were enough dif- disagreements before Beth and I, it would not be wrong for me to be like, you know what, Beth, you know, you're awesome. I love you, but because of this, I don't think it's a good idea for us to get married and then dipping. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. But once you make the commitment, it's a different aspect. You in? I don't want to say you're screwed, but you're in. No, you're in it for the long. You're, you're in it, right? But but Beth and I will still have disagreements. So sure. as you are trying to get involved and plugged into a church, I mean, it 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 took us a little bit to even want to not want to. It took us a little bit to say we're joining New Life. Right, we are at New Life, even though. The church is a sister church of Southside. Mm-hmm. They're part of the SBC. I've known the pastors for years. Mm-hmm. I know what the doctrine is. I know what they teach. I know it's good gospel stuff. But I think it's good to have that quote unquote dating time. Absolutely, because I mean, everyone always shows the best foot forward when you're new. Like, sure. like I mean, everybody showers for the first date. <laughs> 
you don't always when you're five years in like they're my you, man. You all, you all really need to watch his YouTube videos because you can see me shaking my head so hard right now. But but seriously, like you know, like if if I don't shower for a few days, Beth's gonna look at me and be like, mm, "Stanky." But I still love you, bro. But you know, but there's freedom because of how life goes to yeah. have that inside of a yeah. marriage, right? right? So, but with the church, you 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 got to know what that church believes, and I feel right. like so many times people don't go deep enough into going, okay, so what does the church believe and why do they believe it? Can they back it up? Then saying, what do other people say about this? Mm -hmm. And then figuring out what that collide is and going, can I wholeheartedly, unapologetically be a part of this church? Mm -hmm. Now, I do think that there are some different issues. And I had a, uh, an old, old, old friend of mine reach out and say, hey, I'm a part of this church. Um, my, my, my boyfriend and I were trying to get back into church and, and I have a little girl and we're trying to figure these things out. And we're part of the church. It's really cool. But the pastor said something that's just is kind of irking me. And I, I want to ask you about it. And it was about baptismal regeneration. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, here's the deal for me. I'll, I'll just leave this specific issue with other ones. If I ever have to unteach and say, no, they're wrong, I can't be at that church. So like if I was ever at a church that said, yes, we believe in baptism regeneration. And then off to the side, I'd be like, we really don't believe that. Let's keep going. Like that's that. I, I, I can't, I can't, um, guilt-free be part of that church, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I can be part of the church. Like, my church, in my opinion, has a different view of communion and baptism than I do in certain mm -hmm. regards, but I'm not going to say that they're wrong or not. I'm just going to say, like, you know, there's there's some different nuances into it, and and they believe in, in this memorial view, and I believe in more of a this view, that there's a little bit more to it than just a memorial view. But at the end of the day, here's what it is. And there's it's, it's just like, yeah, there's some slight disagreements, but it's still we believe in the same mm -hmm. overall mm -hmm. thing. Now, if if... If New Life was like, we believe that if you take this communion, that is a giving of grace by which you receive salvation. I'd be like, hold up, we gon' we gonna have some problems with this, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know. And so that's that's a whole different scenario. So for me, if I, if I have to unteach my kid and say that's not really what the Bible says, then I can't be a part of that church. You know, mm -hmm. you and I also have a innate sense of we tend to teach where we end up, mm -hmm. and so if I can't you know, get behind and teach also with the theology of the churches. I can't be a part of that church mm -hmm. either. Mm -hmm. So I do think that there, like you said, there are some secondary issues where, no, they're not really good enough to, to leave the church. But I would say, you know, you, you want to date the church to see what's going on. And I do like what you said of, if you're going to leave the church, what are the order and the steps to leave the church? Mm -hmm. Number one, you got to figure out, is this a main thing? Is it a main, like, is, is it a main thing or is it not a main thing? Mm -hmm. Is it a secondary thing? But okay. I, I don't believe what this is and I can't wholeheartedly get behind this. I just mm -hmm, can't. Mm -hmm. So go have that conversation with the pastor, go have it with the elder and try to leave on the best foot forward. Not mm -hmm. just because your church shop and not because you're bored, not because, Oh, they're just not giving me leadership ministry in that, you know, mm -hmm, no, mm -hmm. it's more of a, if you're having these struggles, go have those conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and, and you know, I agree. If I can't, if I can't teach, I like how you said that, and I'm trying to remember exactly how you said it. If I can't get behind the teaching and teach what their theology is, should I go to that church to begin with? Right. But that's the thing. That's part of that dating process, I think, that that every Christian should have with the church before they, they make the commitment, mm -hmm. the, the covenant. The, the commitment. It's a covenant, right? Right. And, and, and you're making a covenant with that It's not a membership. Body. You're not joining a social no, club. No, you're, you're saying, look, I'm committed to you. I'm committed to this body yep. and I'm committed to help serving alongside this body. It, yep. it should be a, we should take it as serious 
as if we were making wedding vows. We really should, right? I'm not saying it holds the same weight as wedding vows, but we should make that but it's a, a seriousness. It's a it's a huge commitment to a body, right? To yep. to care for that body, to serve with that body, to uplift that body, to be uplifted and held accountable by that body and also to hold the body accountable, right? So yep. it's it's all those things tied in. And if you can't stand behind it, if you don't know their doctrines well enough to where you can say, "Yep, I can make this commitment." And then six months later, be like, oh, yeah, I didn't know about that. You're like, well, you should have known about that before you made the commitment. You probably should. Like, that, that's what we're talking about. And this about is here. one reason why I actually love denominations, because I can look at denomination and go, okay, I know these are the core pillars of what you believe, but sure. I don't know everything. Sure. But, like, okay, so, like, I can look at a Lutheran church, and we have some great Lutheran friends, mm-hmm. and we would say that you're wrong. We wouldn't call you a heretic, but we couldn't wholeheartedly serve at these churches because we disagree on some of these issues. But I would never look at them and say, you're not a good, you're not a Christian because you don't follow X, Y, and Z. Y'all do this crap. Like like infant baptism for Presbyterians, I would say, you're wrong, but you're not a heretic. You're still a brother and sister. I just don't agree with it. And so, therefore, I'm not going to be a part of this church because I can't wholeheartedly be behind it. But I'm still going to stand next to you and be like, yeah, they're my brother. I'm just... They just wrong, but there are some things that it's like no, you're believing in a totally separate Jesus. Correct. Like you're you're believing in a Jesus that you have made an idol of in your mind. It is not the Christ of the Bible, and and that we get into a whole other aspect. But again, I think that's that time where you're taking time, like what you and Beth did with New Life, like what Janelle and I did with Southside. Of you're taking time to marinate. You're you're, you're marinate learning. Church. You're you're learning what they believe, what they teach, their doctrine. But also their people. What kind of congregation is there? What body are you committing to? Are they, are they a, a body that has wants nothing to do with each other? It's probably not a good body to, to join up with. Is it a body that cares for the the sick, the widow, the poor, those within the body, those outside of the body, those in the community? That's a church I'd want to be a part of, right? Because that's the church that is being in the hands and feet of Jesus. If they've got good doctrine and they're doing those things, man, you got a slam dunk, in my opinion. And again, the church is full of sinners and messy people. There's going to be, like you said, there's going to be disagreements and arguments at times, and that's okay. That's how we build character with each other. Iron sharp as iron, baby. Exactly. As we work through those problems, we grow closer together. It's when we harbor those things and hold on to our pride and all those things that that and bitterness that we start to break down and put up walls and not become the church we're supposed to be. Or we're supposed to forgive one another, right? And, and edify and uplift and go to each other when we have problems. If you go to your brother or sister at the very first onset of a problem, you're not going to have no bitterness behind it and work through it together. Not in the aspect of showing somebody you're wrong. What's that old saying? If you're arguing just for argument's sake, you've already lost. But if mm. you're, if you're, if you're, arguing to find a resolve you're 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 most likely going to find a resolve right mm-hmm. now it may be a good resolve or a bad you might resolve, not be looking for a w you're looking for a resolve you're just looking, or for common ground or something, something something some sort of resolution to whatever that issue is right and so that's what we this is where that process is and that looking at the body and looking at the doctrine looking at the church and what do they believe what do they teach what's their theology what is their body like that's that whole i think that that process of what we just said was kind of like the dating process you need to date a body before you join it now if you're in a body and it's missing all these aspects or you got bad primary doctrinal theology that's when you start that other thing that i think we both kind of alluded to of all right we need to start having conversations conversations. start those conversations and see where they go and and marinate them in prayer um and follow the leading of the spirit 
And when you leave, make sure you leave in the best way that you can, not holding any bitterness or harboring any, any ill will feelings if you can, right? Because I know there's some abuse. There's going to be there's, hurt. A, there's abuse stories that it's, that well, it's not different. the same, right? That's different. But I'm talking about leaving a church because of doctrinal issues. I think that there is a pot. It is possible because I've done it myself to to leave a church over doctrinal issues with no ill will towards the people and still loving the people. And it, and it hurts. It hurts. It, it it is. It's like it's like a death in the family. It really is. Mm-hmm. But that's a healthy way, I think, of if you're going to depart because of doctrinal issues, that's a healthy way to do it. Have those conversations. See if you can find the resolve of still being together in fellowship. And if the resolve turns into the this is just what it is, and this is what I believe, and we're not changing, and you go, well, I can't stand behind that. Leave with peace. Leave with love. I love you. I don't agree with you. I love you, but I cannot stay here. And it's it's the doctrinal issues. It's not the person, right? And, and leave it at that, right? Yeah, you're, you're, you're holding on to these doctrines. I don't agree with these doctrines, but I still love you. So, so far, you know, what are good biblical reasons to leave a church? And A, it's just the fact that they're not preaching the gospel, we're mm-hmm. teaching it the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, and then the reconciliation through mm-hmm. Jesus to God the Father. A second one, a good reason to leave the church, is the actual primary doctrines of the Christian faith that we read in Scripture are disagreed upon. And then third, you know, this wasn't in, in the notes, but I think it's a good one, is the fact of it's a good reason to leave the church if you have personal convictions that can't be reconciled, you can leave a church but leave it well, Right. Yeah. Is that a good way to word it? Yeah. Because like, I don't want to just say secondary issues because there's some secondary issues that don't really matter. But sure. I, I do think, but but you and I both have different definitions of, okay, these aren't the main thing, the main things, but the next level down, you and I might have different things in that category mm-hmm. of what are important to us because I don't want to be at a church that I can't say, stand behind their doctrine and say, yes, I support everything this church believes. Because if I can't do that, I'm not going to be part of that church. Mm. I don't know if you agree with that one. Is that I mean? Is that a good wrap up of that point? It would it would depend, I guess, for me. Okay, I, I would have to see what those next level down doctrinal right, right, were right before I could say, make a definitive. Yeah, that's how I would believe because it may be and it may not be. Right, yep. I, I don't know. I might consider it primary, but scripturally speaking, if they don't keep the core doctrines that are taught about in scripture, that's a good reason to leave that church. With conversation beforehand, yeah. 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 So agree. the last one, though, that we actually see in Scripture, though, is a good reason that is okay to leave the church is being sent out by the church, mm-hmm. right? You see yeah. the Apostle Paul and Silas that, you know, now they're there in Antioch, uh, Barnabas, not Silas yet. Um, but Acts 13, it says, Now in the church at Antioch, there are prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menean, and a close friend of Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul better known as the Apostle Paul. As they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after they had fasted, prayed, they laid hands on them, and they sent them off. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really good idea to do of, you know, these churches are sending people off. Like uh, when, when I actually went down to Knoxville to pick up Beth, their church sent Beth off. Yeah. They said, we love you. You're going to do some great things. We're going to pray over you guys. Those are some of the, go do it. Those are some of the most beautiful and sad at the same time, church services ever. Yep, I, I will say, somebody. can I have real talk? Sure. I was a little sad that I, I didn't get sent out when I left Southside. Hmm. I was a little sad about that one. I I don't even remember when you guys left. You just like weren't there one week. Oh, I talk, I had long conversation with Scott. Hmm. Long, I mean, I didn't just leave. I said, hey, here's where we're at. Here's why. Hmm. 
it's time for us to go. Mm-hmm. It's time for us to mm-hmm. go, go and, and move on to a new thing. And the reason why Beth and I left Southside, it was not doctrinal. It was not Scott. Uh, your boy Scott preaches the gospel hard. <laughs> yeah. I agree with him. I mean, I was his number two. Unapo- I pastored with him. Unapologetically, we agree with him on all primary doctrinal issues. Absolutely. <laughs> and Scott and I, you know, I, I he was my boss. Yeah. Like, I, of course, believe him doctrinally and scripturally. I agreed in the mission and the vision of the church. Mm-hmm. I, I, I stinking branded the church with their mission statement. Like, so mm-hmm. I, I, I agreed with everything. There should have been no reason why I ever left Southside. But I left Southside for two reasons. Mm-hmm. Number one was, well, I mean, the, well, I guess technically three. Number one is we moved, and I wanted to go to a church where we lived in that community, but that's mm-hmm. more low-key. Number two, though, was the fact of it was time for Beth and I to go be the hides at a church where we didn't have the ghost of my past. Because mm-hmm. at Southside, I was a pastor. I was a teacher. I did, I'd led all these d- different things. You know, my, my ex and I were married, and we raised kids at this church, mm-hmm. and now Beth was there with the kids. And not to say, like, the church, the church never ever made Beth feel that way. Mm-hmm. But there's there's a there's a reality of a real ghost that was there. Mm-hmm. And the fact of in order for Beth to be able to feel like she could go in and not have this facade of, oh, I'm Mark's new wife, or like what do they think and what do they want to know and all these weird different things, we could go in worshiping hand in hand as a family for this. Um and the third reason kind of goes into it is the fact of we were building a new family. Mm-hmm. And so we felt it was time to build a new family together at a church where we are both going in and walking into this church together as a family. Mm-hmm. And everyone at Southside that I talked to, every elder, every person, I think this is maybe, I mean, the Southside did do this. Every single person I ever saw, I mean, I still show up at VBS. I still show up at things. I mean, shoot, I was Dude, just, you're more there. They're more than I think you're at New Life. Come on now, bro. Ain't true. <laughs> but like, I'm even emailing Stephanie about like church tech stuff still at Southside. Like mm-hmm. I'm still, I still love this church with every fiber of my being. And I still send people there. It's like, you live on the Southside? Check out Southside. It's pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more just the fact of everyone in that church loved me and loved my family. It still and, does. And still and, and still does. And so we didn't leave an, any in ill will or anything right. like that. It wasn't just like we're going to church hop and bounce out. That was a decision that I wrestled with for over a year. And see, I look at you it know? like this, right? I look at it as you got married. It's, it's almost like a kid leaving for college, right? Southside's still your family. Absolutely. And you still may visit on Thanksgiving and Christmas, not like the literal holidays. I mean, I was there like, when we sent Scott off for his, his sabbatical. Yeah, like I'm saying, like you, you show up for the important things or like VBS or like, a, you know, you had your kids in Nirvana for a while. So you guys still show up and say hi and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, it's, like it's like visiting family on, on the holidays, the right? Yeah. And that's great. And, and, and it's okay that you went and leaved and cleaved and, and now are the hot. It's fine. That's And I don't think anybody has any ill will that you guys did that. We all said, good for you. Like, we're so happy for you guys. And we still love you and come back anytime. I mean, it's just like leaving your parents' house. That's it's kind of what I view it as for you guys. Like, it's great that you guys have been able to go out and do that and find a, a home body for yourself. And, and it's great that you guys left. Uh, I don't. I can't speak for Scott and why the church didn't do a send off. I have no idea. I have no idea when your conversation happened with them. All I know is you guys were there and then you weren't. 
That's all I knew. And so I don't know if you had the conversation and then you guys didn't come back or you did come back. And I, we were I don't figuring know. things out. So, I, mean, I, don't know. I mean, so I have no idea. I don't know if Scott knew that that was going to whatever week was your last week was going to be your last week or maybe he would have. I, I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking. I can't speak on that. That's all and, speculation. And, and, so. and again, the, the and, and again, I don't want to make it feel like, oh, I was I was gypped because I don't feel gypped at all. Mm. I don't feel gypped at all um, because I know a lot of other people that that moved and it wasn't and, it, you know, there's. Scott does very good about making sure that there's no favoritism, mm-hmm. partiality mm-hmm. that's given. Because there's other people that moved on for good things, and we didn't throw them a party or anything like mm-hmm. that either. Mm-hmm. So I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. Totally get it. So after we have this whole conversation about the different reasons why to leave the church and all these different things, yep. there's a lot of questions, though, that I know people are probably sitting in right now. Okay. Right? Well, I'm just letting you know we're at an hour and I know. So we're going to rapid fire the tar out of these things. <laughs> So just let you know, this was my setup, guys. That, that was, this was supposed to be the setup. This is for what the I show. said. I said I'll take a nap. And I, but I knew it was gonna up. be a conversation. Like this is the conversation episode. It's not a teaching episode. This is a conversation episode. But the problem is, though, is we live in a church with, or we live in a culture with hundreds of churches, different denominations, different visions and purposes, even if they're in the same denomination, different music choices, different dress, different attire, and the options are almost too much. And based on where you live. You can be, hey, I'm a, there's more Baptist churches than McDonald's. Like, there, it, there's sure. just tons of them. So, how do you know if you're in a good church or not? We, I think we've discussed that pretty well. Yeah. Um, how do you know if you're in the right church? And mm-hmm. if you're not ready for this terminology, if you're not vibing with that church, do you just go find another one until you find a good fit? And so, that's not the questions I want to ask because we can go really deep into some of those. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of different thoughts that a lot of people have had because i was reading forums i was reading mm-hmm. buzz i was reading buzzfeed articles man mm-hmm. about different reasons people to leave the church and i do want to say if there is different abuse that's happening in the church such mm-hmm. as pastors I, I read a story about a priest who walked up to this old lady this lady's house who she was in severe poverty she wrote a check to that church for 10 bucks and the pastor said you know no, you, you need at least tenfold this before god's ever going to bless it or bless you wow and i'm like and she's like i gave all that i had like mm-hmm. like she's living in poverty mm-hmm. like legit mm-hmm. shack mm-hmm. and the priest was like nah like there's other things where it's like the pastor wants to know exactly what your income is there's other ones where the pastor wants to control everything you wear or everything you think about or talk or mm-hmm. do outside and i think those are might be good reasons because those are more so i would say abuse Maybe not like physical sexual abuse, but I would say those are overreaching of authority. Mm-hmm. That might be a good reason to be like, no, I don't feel safe or comfortable. So, like this, this, this is setting off my, this, this is setting off my. There's something else lying in the water vibe mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. on here. I red don't flag. think this is safe. It's a red flag. It's a good red flag. But there's a lot of reasons why it might not be a good reason or it might be a bad reason. I don't know. So I have a bunch of random different questions where it says, are these good reasons to leave a church? Right? You, want, you want yes and no answers. I want yes and no in like just a couple like rap rap fires, just like sentences. All right. So are these good reasons to leave a church? You simply can't find a community even though you've tried. Um, I would say that's a, if you're, if you haven't made the commitment, yes, I would say it's okay to say, if I can't find community, if I can't feel like I'm, I'm fitting in with this body, I think you can move on. Now I would say if you have tried 
like you, you, you've tried a small group or connect group size, yeah, whatever. Well, you tried serving. That's you've what, done. You've, you, you, you haven't just gone to church on Sunday and be like, oh, I'm just not. I guess I'm just I made like it, connecting with people. I guess I made the assumption of that's what you were oh, talking okay, about. Yeah, like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Like you, you went out, you put yourself no, out I, there. I know people, like who, just the I know people Sunday, who have sat but, in a pew for two years. Like I never felt connected. Yeah, I'm like, right. yeah, because you never said hi to nobody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think you got to put yourself out there a little bit. But sometimes it takes somebody coming up to you first. It's true. Like I did with you. Right. I mean, I would have never. I'm just not that personality. But once you did that, then it kind of opened the door. So, but I think if, if you have done everything you can, like I think of Beth, you've done everything you can, you're trying everything, you just can't find a community, I think it's okay to leave. Yeah, I think with within certain aspect. And yeah. it, you know, maybe certain things put on that time, trials, you know, stuff like that. But okay, yeah. so another one is, okay, so you agree with the church doctrinally, but the mission statement that they say or the vision statement that they say, you, you don't fully agree with that. Hmm. Mm. Or the terminology they use behind mm. it. I would say go ask questions. Okay. Find out for sure. And then pray. And then make your decision. I, I It's a case by case. I can't make a blanket statement on that. That's where I'm at. I would say if you have a problem with the church's mission and vision enough to want to leave the church, I'd be like, does that mean they're not like biblically sound because their mission and vision don't match what the bible say you probably shouldn't be there anyway well but there's you know i mean there are churches like oh, we, we, we want to be a church that unsaved people love to attend i agree with all your doctrinal points but is that a good enough reason just to bounce or not you know uh, uh, impacting the world one life at a time well why can't it be five lives at a time maybe i don't agree maybe it should be more than one life uh no we've we've had some rough conversations but, but that, that. you see what i'm saying so i would i'd go ask questions like because maybe i may not agree with just one life at a time maybe it'd be multiple lives i, I don't know you know i'm just throwing something out there because it's my own churches yep and for the people <laughs> right, here's right. another one so the church focuses too little on outreach and too much on discipleship mm. is that good enough reason to leave i'm gonna answer both this and the next question which at the, the same next time. question is, is, the is that the it, that the church focuses too much on outreach and not enough on discipleship are I, those good enough reasons to leave a church i think it should always be a good middle ground okay i think if you focus too much on outreach and forget about the people inside well right but but, but what i mean is like i know a church in our community that's flat out said that they they focus more on teaching and equipping the saints than they do about going out and doing like mm -hmm. service projects for the community then there's other ones where it's like all they do is service projects for the community i think that the the church is not made up by leadership I, th I think the church is the people, and if you equip the people in the right biblical manner, they will go out and do the outreach. But but as a church body doing it, let's go do it together. Correct, but I think that will happen. I think it happens naturally if there's good discipleship. But if there's poor discipleship, it won't happen at all. And, and if you don't focus on both at the same time about equipping and discipling and providing opportunity for the outreach to happen as well, I think you can miss it. And a lot of times, and, and can I step into this and from the pastor side of the table? Sure. A lot of times pastors, if you, if, if, if people would just have a conversation, it'd be so great. Cause there'd be so many times when someone would come up to us and be like, man, I don't feel like we're doing enough for the community. And us as pastors, we actually said, you're right. We're trying. We need help. We need someone to step up and say, I got this. We're going to lead it. And people finally did. Well, and I you think that's I mean? the thing, right? And that's what, but how do you know if you're discipling people? Well, Part of discipleship is preparing them to go out and telling them, hey, I'm preparing you to go out, to go out. So that's, to me, discipleship naturally should lead into outreach. 
if it doesn't, there's a problem with the discipleship. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of a, there's a middle ground here. Too much disciple, just focused on, I've just got to sit here and learn. I'm just going to study the Bible and that's all I'm going to do. I think that's wrong discipleship. Okay. And too much of, well, it's all about the outside community. We got to bring people in and that's what it's about. I think that's wrong too, because the church is supposed to uplift and edify and, you know, and and worship and exalt God together. That's the purpose of the church. But we are, as the church commanded to go out proclaiming the good news and making disciples. That's the proclamation of the church as a whole, right? So it's a yes for both. Both need to be focused on the great commission and loving others. So you have to be careful because if you're only focusing on the outreach and not on the internal people, or if you're only focusing on the internal and not the outreach, you're kind of putting one person above the other, right? I'm, I'm putting sinners above the saved, or I'm putting the saved above the sinners. When God says, no, you don't put anybody in a position, or maybe it was Paul. Paul said, you don't put anybody um, in a position that is higher than another, right? Mm-hmm. There should be no like, oh, here, I've saved this special seat for you because you're so-and-so right because you're a sinner you get to sit here and you get all the fancy things and we're going to forget about the family that's been serving here faithfully for 30 years and likewise you don't go hey this family's been here for 30 years we're gonna we're gonna put they them at the, the, seat, of, the seat of honor seats, the, baby. the seat of honor and we're gonna forget about the new people walking through the door you know what i'm saying so there, there's a balance there i think focusing one too, too much on one aspect is going to be a problem but i do think a healthy and a biblically sound discipleship program will naturally lead into the outgoing and pouring out outreach. Do you think the other opposite would happen? No. Good outreach would go into discipleship? No. I agree. All right, next question. So uh, the church is either, I don't want to say just is too small, because you should know this when you join a church, if it's going to be too small or too sure. big. But if the church, how about this, if the church is starting to get or feel too small, or if the church is starting to get or feel, ready? Too big? Too big, because it's growing too much. Mm. Are those good reasons to leave a church? Again, I think if you go through the dating process, like we talked about. Well, I'm saying, but but you could be preference. part of a church. Like, like I'm at New Life. Mm-hmm. We're at 600. If we shoot down to 70, for maybe not even bad reasons. It just happened because mm-hmm. stuff happens. Pr- pruning. I would say there's pruning aspects. I see. So here's the thing. If you're, uh, and I've said this before, if you're only basing your relationship with your church on numbers, I think you're missing the point of the church. I think that, yes, it can be an indicator sometimes, but not always. No, and I'm not trying to say that this is. I'm just saying if you're at a church and like, man, it's just it's just feeling too small. Like I got, like I'm thinking about my kids, right? Like yep. I have my kids here, but we really can't do much for the kids. Like we're trying, but let's go to a, a church where the kids are maybe more excited to be part of the kids ministry or the student ministry because they have more going on. Um, or there's more opportunities. There's more things like that. I mean, that was part of mine and Beth's process of, we need a church that is able to a handle our special needs kids, but also mm-hmm. b has enough things going on because we have we're coming up with a bus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We don't want to double a church size on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and for us, we wanted a place where there's at least children's ministry up to a certain age where they're out mm-hmm. of the service mm-hmm. the whole service. Yeah, you know? I mean. Um... This one's a hard one. It's a hard one. This is a hard so, one. So it's a hard one because... I, I also know people who have left Southside when we were starting to get too big. They you were can't... Like, it's getting too big. So you can't... I think, again, if you're leaving because of size, if you're committed to a body and it's grown too big or grown too small and that's why you're leaving, I don't know if that's a good reason to leave. I think conversation needs... If it's grown too, gone too large... 
you know how I feel. The, the church should be multiplying, right? So right. if it's growing, I think there should be. And every every person has a different. Church. But this is where my I've, but I've, I've talked with other people at, you know, all the churches I've been a part of. For every single person, when it's time to multiply, that's a different number for everybody. Yeah, some people so, may say three hundred. Some people may say so. 1, what I'm saying is, say 4, I don't. 000, I don't. You know? Yeah, and I don't think that a number in growth or a number decreased should dictate whether we stay at a church that is a healthy body. Because you're okay. It's like this, right? All right, Beth. I married you because our, you, you our had, family's getting too big. So because you had five kids, so it made seven. But now we have eight, so I'm leaving you because it's too big. That's what? what? No, you made a commitment to her. Or likewise, hey, we started off, we had eight kids, and I was really happy, but now all of our kids are moved out. We've got one kid, so I'm leaving you because we're down to one kid. No. Which happens you, a lot. You committed to a relationship with people, right? And so I think there should be a lot more than just a number of, of who's in the quote-unquote house. To I don't think you should dictate whether you're going to stay or leave on that. To me, that is an that's a secondary preference issue. That now, I, think I do never think it's table. worth where though, where if a church is getting too small and you're like, my family is not like what, like we we need to do something better for our family. I think that's a that's a conversation to have. I I do think that's a valuable like a a, a conversation. I, like, I was at a church of forty people for mm -hmm. a while, mm -hmm. and yes, if you commit to that church, cool. But I think there comes a point where it's like, look, this church like. My my kid doesn't want to come to church anymore. I'm trying all I can do. I need to go to a church where it's a it's it maybe has a bigger ministry, has these different things to try to get my kid not to like hate the faith or walk away from the church because our church was too small. I think that is an okay conversation. I'm not saying it's always right, and I don't want to go too deep because I know but we're already hour thirty five. I would think that that would be more of a problem with the family structure at home if you're relying on the church to be the only ministry and to get your kid excited. It's not it's the a, only. It's a personal. But but you're using it as an entertainment factor at that point, which is not the purpose of the church. Church is not for entertainment. That that's never been the purpose right. of the church. So, okay. so if you're saying if you're saying, well, my kid's not excited to go to church and they're they're kind of dull on the faith because of the church isn't exciting. I, I again, I don't think that's a right reason. Biblically, I don't think it is because that's never been the purpose of the church. And, and I mean, we teach the kids you can choose to enjoy wherever you're at. That's a, that's something you need to learn to do because you're not always going to be excited to even be at home. Sure. But I think that we do our best to train up our children in the way that they should go, right? And really, it ultimately falls to, if we've done all the witnessing, it, it falls between them and God. No matter if you believe in free will or predestination. I'm not getting into it. I'm just saying, no matter what, it's between them and God on, on whether they're going to be excited or not. I grew up in church. My brothers and sisters grew up in church. I'm the only one following Christ. Same same household. Same church gathering. Yep. Right? I just, to me, entertainment has, it, that should never be the goal of, if I'm looking at a church for entertainment, I'm looking at a church for the wrong reason. That's just my opinion. All right, so next one, we're going to try to do these ones quick. You ready? <laughs> we don't do anything quick. The community is good, but the pastor can't preach for beans. Like, is there a reason to leave a church when the pastor cannot, like, not just like, like, like I think when people say, like, oh, I'm just not being fed, I think there's, now, sometimes a pastor does need to step up his game because his job is to teach and equip, and if he's mm -hmm, not doing mm -hmm, his job, then my question is, he should still be in that position. Mm -hmm. I think that's a valuable other question to have. Mm -hmm. But I know people have said, I left the church because it's like, man, that like he just, I love the man. He was a great dude, but just couldn't, like he was a terrible communicator. Well, I think that, you know, so I think of my Pensacola Christian college days, and we had a... <sighs> these are not very good rapid-fire questions, by the way, but no, these are good conversations. Not. They are good conversations. So there, I forget. I think 
I'm trying to remember what his name was. I cannot remember his name. Anyways, he was much like me, a monotone speaker where everything was monotone. Mm -hmm. The spirit of the Lord is upon you today. And today you shall see the Lord and savior. Like that's how we talk. Like that was just like constantly like one monotone and the entire school talked about it. Right. You couldn't listen to his message because you were still focused on the monotone. You couldn't get anything out of it. So I get what you're saying. Is that a reason to leave a church? I don't know if I could answer that one. And so that was a hard one. That was a hard one. Cause I, I think that's a, that's a case by case basis. I, I, you know, not teach for beans. Is it, they could go both ways, right? It could be, he really can't teach or is not prepared to teach, which at that, you know, like you and said, some that, pastors that, are better that, at teaching than preaching. Well, like, so, but the, the aspect is of, is if you can't teach and should preach, he should he be in that position? Cause that's the prerequisite. So there's that conversation. There's a, is it a personal preference? Because oh, I, he can't preach for beans, but I'm the only one that feels that way. And everybody else is loving his sermons. Well, then that might so, be a, yeah. So you know what I mean? So there's, there's different layers to that. So it's hard for me to say, this is the answer. Yes. Or this is the answer. No, because like you said, I think you got to take it case by case because it all really depends on the teacher. <laughs> yep. Now what about music? You could say, ah, oh, the music isn't good. So I'm going to leave, go find a place of better music. You know, so here's where I've gone back and forth with it, right? Oh, I was not expecting you to go back and forth. So, I thought it would be a quick answer for, for the you. longest time. I was like, if it doesn't have good music, how can I worship? And cause then it's almost too bad that it is distractful. Right. And like the thought Brandon Soche kind of got me and he goes, and it wasn't even towards me. It was, the question of, hey, how much does it bother you that some half the church only wants to sing uh, new contemporary Christian music and half the church wants to sing hymns, and how do you balance that? Right. And his balance was, what can I do to bring music that the corporate body, not preference, but corporate body can sing together and worship God together? And, and the job of a worship pastor is to point to God and not worry about ourselves and our preferences. And in that conversation, I started thinking to myself, should we as Christians be praising God just because we like the music? Or where should the heart of praise come from? Because it says make a joyful noise. It doesn't say we always have to be. Well, that's the worship. But you do see in the Old Testament that all the musicians had to be excellent mm-hmm. in the Old Testament temple worship. Sure, but... Like, but, you can't just let Joe Schmo get up on sure. stage just because... Because, I mean, there's been churches where people would get up to sing these solos, and I'm like, but you, be, you should never have been let up on stage to sing a solo. But you or, might be... you might, But that, see, that's the thing, right? They may not... you. That's your opinion, but some other pe- person might be touched by it with the way they sang that song. You see what I mean? So that's personal preference. It's like you might be jamming out and worshiping hardcore to some Christian rap. Oh, but, but this I'm isn't like, preference. I just mean people think you shouldn't be singing a solo. That doesn't sound good. Like, like not in a bad way, but just like you physically cannot play an instrument, but you think you can. Mm. Like we have people at Southside, but they, they want to play, but they couldn't. They tried and they couldn't. Well, but we they did really well with the kids ministry music. Sure. But, uh, I think that that is a... And that's a different conversation than this. That is a different conversation. I, I'm not... I, but let's just lean into this. So if, if the church is like, okay, because like Southside, we had phenomenal music with, with Prout. No question. Phenomenal. We have phenomenal music now. But what I'm saying is, but we, we had some dips where we were trying to figure things out. And there were some good Sundays and bad Sundays and whatever. I, is that enough to be like, I, just, I'm just, I don't think I don't so. like the worship. I, I, think I, I agree. Had, I, I, think I, had, yeah. I think I had good good worship because it was, a, it was a placement of the heart, then just not. Right. Well, and, and you know, 
we had better musicians than others, yes. But again, I'm not going for the entertainment factor. I'm going to worship God. And if my heart's in the right spot, I, dude, listen, all right, I've grown up with my voice. So I know what a bad, <laughs> a bad too, but I know I can worship, right? right. So if I can listen to myself, I can wor- listen to anybody and worship. No, I do think it's okay to have a style preference for a church. Sure. But if you just say, oh, it used to be good, and the music just isn't good anymore, so I'm going to leave. That's my thing, right, is that, that that dating process you should, one, if you're looking for a church, that's right. what you should look for, if that's your preference, right? But I struggle if the if the leadership in worship has changed or you lose musicians, and you're like, well, the, the music's not any good anymore. I'm just leaving. I would say... That's a bad reason. I agree. I would question your heart. All right, so last one. It's an easy one, and then we'll do just Are you sure? a quick final fact. We're, we're, we'll make, we're making up for last week, not Screw going it, so man. long. That's true. All right, so last one is you grew up in a church your whole life. Yep. You grew up the whole life. Yep. Maybe you was a PK. Maybe yep. you were just an elder kid. Mm-hmm. Maybe you were a deacon kid. Or you were just always there. You were always in that church your whole life. You grow up, and you're like, I just want to try something different. Mm-hmm. Is that a good reason to leave? I think you got to take it case by case. I think some people need that experience to go and find their faith on their own, okay. right? To, to go out to a church where they're not the PK, they're not the deacon's kid, they're not... Right. And I'm saying, they're just, not, is it, is it, just, not is it an okay, is it a okay, good reason? You know what I mean? Uh, I, the, well, but then there's some reasons that I think are bad, right? There's, they're of, oh, I'm just going to leave because I don't... I, they didn't pick me to be a leader. I've been at this church my whole life. I'm the deacon's kid, and they're ah. not putting me on the deacon's board. So I think no, that's no. Wrong. I think it's just because so you want something new and different. Just like you know, I'm 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 becoming an adult now. I've I've been here my whole life. I want to go be my own person over here, not just sure. the kid who grew up here since I was six. New, new and different isn't always the right right choice, though, right? And so sometimes it is. Sometimes you need that, right? And sometimes you don't. So I think again, I would say case by case cool all right so final thoughts give me your final thoughts for this whole episode we went stupid long sure it was straight up conversation hopefully people still hanging on after all of this about the whole conversation around the idea of when should i leave my church your final thoughts give it to me in like 30 seconds and i'll give you mine in 30 seconds you gotta be quick because we're we're i also gotta pee so 30 seconds i don't think quick (laughs) though i think slow yeah you do i talk i think in Actually, I talk faster than I think. That's my problem. <laughs> yeah, that's why you always make me go first so you can think, formulate your answer. And it's like, all right, Chris, you get to do it first. I mean, do you want me to go first? I'll go first. Go first. All right, let's hear yours. All right, so final thoughts of when I should leave the church. You should leave the church when doctrinally you are almost inclined where you have to leave the church because mm-hmm. doctrinally they are not preaching what the Bible says about mm-hmm. what it has to say. There are certain issues that I think you can say I don't agree with and therefore I can't be a part of this church, but you still look at them as brother or sister and not throw away, throw throw the H word around everywhere. Like mm-hmm. the, like the, the, the freshman Bible college theologian, if you're a heretic because you believe this. No, I just asked a question. Like, like that's like that's not what it is. But yes, I think it's okay you don't to have leave a, a church. <laughs> I think it's okay to leave a church because you don't believe, even in some secondary issues where you're like, I just can't because I I can't get behind that. Mm-hmm. You should also learn about this in the dating process. But mm-hmm. anytime you are to leave a church and leave it well, I think it always starts with a conversation with the pastor. Because mm-hmm. coming from the pastor's seat, I think there's always good reasons to leave a church, even if it doesn't always make sense. Like mm-hmm. I have sent people out when they've said, you know, I don't live in this community. Um, my husband or my wife, they're not saved. I want to be at a, a, a church in my local community where they can interact with them. 
Cool. That's how, that's a great reason. Hey, um, I just don't know. We're not fitting. We've tried for years. I'm like, hey, there's a church plant that's starting right by you guys that mm-hmm. you guys can get involved with. Awesome. Cool. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And so because of these conversations, rather than just dipping, hopefully I was able to plug these people into other churches mm-hmm. that are good value Bible-believing churches. But I do want to say, of if you're ever thinking about a good reason to leave the church, my first question is, is asking the question of, did you not properly date that church. Mm-hmm. And, but maybe you were saved and you're new and you're growing mm-hmm. in your faith and mm-hmm. you're coming to the realization of doctrinally, I don't agree with them. Mm-hmm. Have the conversation with the pastor or like, you know, one of the other pastors that you're close to, just someone, someone that is not the lead pastor and associate pastor, somebody you you owe somebody a conversation before mm-hmm. you go, mm-hmm. make sure you leave on good terms and just let them know like, Hey, this is the reason it's, it's, I don't want to say it's not you. It's me like the dating, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's, it's, it ain't me. It's you. I got bounced because of you mm-hmm. and have those tough speaking the truth and love conversations. Cause you know, your family's faith and your own personal faith is more important than just staying at a church because you're scared to ever leave the church. But mm-hmm. when you do want to leave the church in your, if, if it's for reasons of just, you know, frivolity or you want to leave or whatever, I think it's good to ask other people, not in a gossiping way, but people that you love and trust to say, Hey, correct me if I'm wrong. I think about leaving the church. Here's the reasons like, cause I remember when I was talking about leaving Southside, I had to soundboard you for like, what, six months before I finally left? Mm-hmm. And Something you were even like, like man, it took you that long? Like, and Sochet said the same thing. And other people were like, yeah, we get it. We love you guys. Totally get it. You know, go do the Lord's work. Peace be with you. Basically. <laughs> I mean, and But but I used you as a sounding board to make sure. sure, am I wrong? Am I not? Is there something I'm missing? Mm-hmm. Am I am I just am I just a hurt little puppy dog and just need to, you know, grow well, up a little bit? Like, like you are my little puppy oh, dog. Oh, thank you. But like, do I need to grow up a little bit or is there something that I'm missing? Sure. So, you know, when should you leave the church? The answer is if it's a good church, you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. I do think there are times when there's seasons, like you've been out of church for for, I mean, I know people have been at our church for 16 years, 20 mm-hmm. years. And it's like, I just feel like our season is done at this church. People have different callings mm-hmm. and different mm-hmm. things. Chapters I, close. Yeah. I know a guy who's like, he goes to a church and he goes, you know, my job is to set this church up, make it more stable. And then I leave. And then mm-hmm. I find another church to make it more stable. And then I leave. And that's his calling. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good reason, but he also goes into saying that as, as like a pastor or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I think there's different ministries and different gifts, but you know, just a normal church person in the church, you first got to know the beliefs. If you don't agree doctrinally, you probably should leave. And if it's an issue you're not sure about, shoot, send us a message. We might get back to it in a day or a month. We don't know. Um, but a have a conversation with somebody. Yeah. That was more than 30 seconds, but that's my final thoughts. <laughs> I like how you were like jumping all over 30 seconds, 30 seconds. <laughs> nope. You're done. Fun fact with followers. Let's right. go. No, <laughs> no, I would go say, for it, boss. I would say the only time preference really should take a big part of whether you should be at a church or not is in that dating process. Uh, just like dating preference draws you to the church preference draws you to a a girl or a guy of hey they look good they have a good personality from the outside and then you start that dating process to learn who they are yep before you ever decide to leave a church check your heart check your doctrine have the conversation and and you are allowed to grow in your faith like i know some people Mm -hmm. who got saved in a church and as they grew and they were in that church for five years they're like I just don't know if I fully back up the belief. That's mm-hmm, okay mm-hmm, because, mm-hmm. you know, you were saved in that church and you're growing. And I don't want to say that's when you're divorcing that church and go to a different church because that's the, not what it's about. But the church isn't a, the church isn't your house, right? Right. Don't just throw it up on the market and sell it. Like the church is your family. It's your, it's your relationship. It's worth the conversation. Have the conversation. Because, you know, you might be able to help well. steer even an elder and say, like, you know what? You're right. We right. haven't been doing that well from the pulpit. Let's fix that. Yeah. Lead, you know, and if you're going to leave, well. leave well. Leave with that's a good way to say if you're gonna leave, love. leave well. Yep. Peace and love. Yep. Fun fact time. Let's go.
time for Fun Facts with February. <laughs> Dude, my I, ears are hurting. These headphones I, are killing my ears. I just want to say I kept it to about 30 seconds. I'm just Ooh, throwing yeah, it out you there. Yeah, you did. Man. You know, we're getting close you. to Joe Rogan experience over here, man. Well, with these it's all because we ran, we, ran, we ran short last time. I know not at the beginning of this episode. I'm like, I'm so glad it's Mark's episode because I'm so tired. <laughs> and you talked probably more than I did, man. Well, that's because. I love it. You know, well, let's, let's get these married people on their way. Give them a fast fun fact. We'll do a fast exit because we can't do that either. What's the fun fact you got for us on this show, my dude? That's it. No, <laughs> no. Here's a fun. I don't fact. know why you love that one so much. That's your favorite one. Because <laughs> it, I see this little cringe in your it's eyes. Always, it's I like, like really. What? <laughs> what? That's why I like what? it. Like yeah. All right. All right anyways, what you got, boss? The fun fact of the day is: Did you know the heart of a shrimp is located in its head? Whoa. But not only this, they also have a open circulatory system, which means they have no arteries and their organs flow directly in their blood. Isn't that weird? But they... Yeah. But they have organs. They have organs, but they, they're they not... They have no arteries. So it's, it's like in your body, flow. it's just blood's everywhere. Your organs are just like, like, cool. It's like, hey, look at me. I'm like a water balloon. That's freaking wild. It, it is crazy, eh? Animals are weird. They are weird, but they're created by God, so they're cool. You know what also That's is cool? A, what's that? Our amazing friends who leave us ratings and reviews for the right. podcast. That is really cool. So if you listen on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and review. And if you're on Spotify, make sure you leave a rating over there. If this episode or any episode has been encouraging to you in any way shape or form why don't you send that episode to somebody else and then maybe you guys can have a conversation you know i was listening to a podcast today and i'm like beth you should listen to this and let's let's talk about this yeah. conversation maybe you can do that with this show as well hey and if you haven't already go to our youtube page hit that subscribe button and the bell notification Ding. So when we're on, you, you know, know. And right? make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram, the websites, realtalkchristianpodcast.com. You can search all of our database of episodes there to see if maybe we did an episode that you're interested in. If this is your first episode, you can search like the word baptism, where we talked about that, denominations, where we talked about that, uh, different views on communion, where we talked about that. There's a lot of well. episodes. A lot of episodes, man. If you want to continue the conversation, check out the Facebook community, RTC online community, where we continually have conversations we ask for help support prayer and we have a whole lot of fun along the way that's right my anything friend. else we can let these people know before we let them go just we love you we love you guys so until next time take it easy